Well, hello there. It's me, Angel Knox. And I just had a spur of the moment itch to go live. And I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, look at me. I have nobody in here, and I'm just kind of geeking out like a big old nerd, but whatever. Always been a nerd, always be a nerd, I'm a nerd. So be it. So, who has had some amazing morning sex? I sure would like to know all about it if you have because i'm a naughty 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 girl and i thought maybe just maybe just maybe just maybe you would have a naughty story to tell me however perhaps you don't that doesn't mean I don't. I have a lot of na naughty stories to tell, actually, you know. Um, probably so many that, I don't know, um, does that make me a naughty girl? <laughs> you know, I've never ever planned on being a naughty girl in my life, but like, it just sort of happened that way. But I. Well, you know, it's like the naughtiness just follows me wherever I go. <laughs> I'm doing my weekly requirements. I have to write a whole nother sexy blog. I'm running out of sexy blog ideas, I think, but whatever. A little bit of writer's block. Now we're killed anybody unless you can prove me wrong. I'm the only one here. Yeah. I'm basically talking to myself. But, you know, people masturbate so I can talk to myself. And <laughs> that made no sense. Way to bring up something that doesn't make sense. And act like it does. I'm trying to make an album cover for my autoerotic asphyxiation blog post that I had to do, you know? And, uh, I'm so bored. I haven't been able to sleep. And if, like, that means anything to anybody, meh. See, people say, it says people come into the room, but I see no people. No people do I see. Not shenanigans. I'm going to cut out a picture of this bitch here and put her on my, uh, Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to, actually. I don't think I am. Oh, dear. Wella, wella, wella. Huh. Yeah, I'm exactly sure. There's so many rules in life. I hate rules, you know. Rules, schmoogles. Rules, schmoogles. I don't like them. No, no, no. I don't like them. Uh, so no one's going to come in here, but that's okay. I'm going to play some of my terrible music then. How's that? If no one's going to come, I'm going to play my horrible music 
for no one to hear. And then I can act like a big tough motherfucker saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, I share my shit. When really, I do not. Because I'm a pussy ass little biatch. I like to swear, and there's no one here to hear me swear, so I'm like, <laughs> I can say what I want, biatches. I don't have to be no lady. And I don't care if you think I'm shady. Because nobody's here to tell me no. Nobody's here to tell me no. I accidentally, oh my god, you know what I did? Oh my god. Okay. So I was trying to just send my fucking, this song I made, right? To a client. And uh, it said the song's name. It looked like it was the song. It truly did. Except it wasn't the song, man. It was me banging my ex. So that's what I I sent a really long diatribe that was marked as this music I made. And it was really this huge sex session with my ex-boyfriend that I sent the guy. And I was waiting for him to reply and tell me how he liked the song. A really long time. And I was like, shit. Okay, well, was the song that bad? Well, no. I didn't even send the song. How embarrassing. Like, and that's when I realized that my computer needed some massive, massive cleaning out. Um, I really want people to just jump on the phone and fucking call in because I'm a really not cool person. I don't know what to talk about. Nobody really comes to my, uh, my things here, but, um, here's my... You dick fuckers. You dick fuckers. That's right. I said it. I said it. I'm a biatch. What is? I'm just trying to get started out here. I'm just going to turn on some music, but I seem to be having some uh, technical difficulties here. Um, bear with me while I try to... Uh... So... Does anybody else here find Shakespeare to be erotic? Or like poetry? Do you think that poetry can be erotic? What is the most... The most unerotic thing that you find could be erotic? You know? I think that the shapes of things can be very erotic, phallic, if you will. I find shapes and colors kind of, you know, make me feel a little interesting sometimes. Nobody. I'm 
Hug my mic here. Oh, oh. <laughs> Lordy Lord. I'm just testing the equipment. You know? <laughs> oh. Do you want me to? Do you want me to? Do you want? Do you want me to suck your dick? Uh, uh. Oh, this terrible stuff here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, do you want me to suck your dick? And that's how you make corn step, baby. Mm-mm. Yes, it's really too bad. But so many people are so scared. They think things are indecent when really they're not. They really are not. You know, you just, y'all gotta like loosen up, my babes. Loosen up and open up. I hate to sound a little bit like a hippy dippy, but man, let go of your inhibitions, my friend. You must sexually express yourself. You must. Think of it as art, your own personal, beautiful art form, your sexuality. Now it doesn't matter, well, (laughs) to me, what that is. You've got to figure that out for yourself, right? It's your sexuality. And I know you're going to be sexier when you're yourself. You know, I'm an equal opportunity lover. Man, woman, trans, never, never did I ever mind. Both in one, whatever, you know. I don't love somebody because of what's between their legs. But I'll tell you this, if they got something good there, it can be a hell of a good time. (laughs) And I like to have a good time. Don't y'all? My cats are fighting. 
They're naughty little things, really. Well, yeah, they're just crying like little biatches. Of course they are. Quiet, little guys. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah, well, of course nobody would be. Shh, shh. You're not going out there. No. Quiet. God, my cats are assholes. They just, like, want me to always be in trouble because of them, I swear to God. <laughs> Could you guys quit fighting, man? People are sleeping, yo. You, quit trying to have sexual relations with her. No means no, and I'm pretty sure that her screaming and hissing at you means no. Like, hey, stop it, stop. God damn it, stop it. Stop me running. I gotta go break up a cat fight. And I, shh, stop it. God damn it, stop it, cats. Stop fighting. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Quit trying to have sexual... Quit trying to screw her. She doesn't want any. You, cats. You little horny devil cats. My god, I'm trying to do a podcast here. Get in the kennel. Get in the kennel. Just quit trying to fuck her. She doesn't want it. God. You guys are horrible. How am I ever supposed to have a decent podcast here? Like, my God, God is against me on this podcasting thing. I tell you, this has been... Stop it! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who's getting locked up? Stop it! Get in the kennel. You get in the kennel. Get in the kennel. You, no. What do you think you're doing? Get in the kennel. One of you has got to go in the kennel. I will not be running around after little dinkest cats. Oh, look what he's done. My cats are torturing me. Somebody, I don't know, the SPCA, they help cats who are being abused. Who helps people? Who are being abused by their cats. Who helps people being abused by their cats? Is there like a a people services? What are you guys doing? You, you are a bad kitty. You come out of there. I'm trying to do a podcast here, man. Like you're ruining it, dude. Do you mind? Really? Do you mind? Oh, come here, horny. Come here, horny baboo. Now, you're going to be a member of this podcast now. And you're on, you have to be because I have to watch you. Because you are a horny bastard. So... It looks like you're my co-host now, Harry Bastard. His name is actually Skelly. And he... Well, you see, I haven't got my female cat fixed yet. I'm working on it, okay? It costs money. I'm gonna do it. Truly, I am. 
I don't need any lectures. I swear on to you, that is going to happen. And this little guy is under a year old, and he's never been like this before. But now, all of a sudden, I don't know, he's like almost a year old. So he thinks he's like, I don't know, Rico Suave or something of the cat world. But, like, obviously she doesn't agree. Get in the kennel. Get in the kennel. Hey, you Rico Suave. Get in the kennel. No, leave her be. No means no, even in the cat world around here. Oh my goodness. Well, this was a really stupid idea, clearly, because everything was fine, ready, ready to go and fine. And then all hell broke loose. You know why? Because I was trying to be cool, play it cool, have a cool podcast, make everybody think I was cool, like, oh, look at that cool girl. But clearly, I'm just not cool, which is fine. You know, whatever. I don't have to be cool, I guess. Wish I could be, but I'm gonna podcast. I think I've made a fool of myself enough. I need to read a little something, which was my main goal. But every time I try to get there, my cats freak the fuck right out. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. My cats are calling and hopefully that won't happen again. I was going to read some erotic poetry aloud and maybe some of the more erotic scenes of Shakespeare. Yeah, no. Um, does anybody here know of any erotic writing? Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to write stuff, but, you know, it seems that uh, it's no good at shit. It's kind of sad, you know, but whatever. Uh-huh. I don't even care. I care not. I'm finding that the less I care, the easier life is. If you will. You know? Like, really, life can be a fucking mess of fuckery. You're not the fun kind of fuckery. Not at all. Hi there, bloody. How are you? I am suffering from fucking serious, serious sleep issues and stuff. Yeah. I had a mild stroke not long ago, and pretty much my life blew up and went crazy from there. So, I don't know. Can't go online as much as I used to. So, because I got back together with my ex, and he is just the type. You know, they don't really let me be me. But it is what it is. It is what it is. So he's gone and I can be myself. (laughs) If only he could let me be myself at times when my friends were online. Right? 
So I'm trying to look for something. I was wondering if there was like erotic poetry or something, you know, because I want to make my blogs a little better, more intelligent, like intellectual, smarter. You're on, you're on mute, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I hate my job, right? Well, no, I love it. Of course. I can't believe I said that. I love my job. I love it. But you know. I always thought that there was something better I could do with myself. I always wanted and envisioned myself definitely as more than a phone sex operator, for sure. But life didn't really, you know, go the way I planned ever. Okay, look at you. Hi there, Blatty. How you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm doing great. Just living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Got bored. Can't sleep. Couldn't sleep tonight. Where are you calling from? I'm in Canada. In Saskatchewan. How's, how's life down there with the dictatorial actions of Trudeau? Oh, I can't stand Trudeau. <laughs> we, we, I can't stand him. We just had, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons, I believe it was a, it was government orchestrated and they won't admit it. You know, the 21 people mm -hmm. that died in Texas are, are needed. Uh, yeah. And, and your, and your, uh, Canadian prime minister, which mm -hmm. I don't care for, I don't like, he, he enacted laws that had nothing to do with the United States. Yeah. And Canada doesn't have our problem. I'm no. Like, well, I go, how, I'm how lucky. The hell does that work? I'm blessed, I'm blessed for that. Canada is pretty, uh, pretty different. Not as... I don't know why, why, though. Why do you think that is? Well, I believe that Canada should have been part of the United States. You know the history. Uh, Canadians and, and Americans, especially white, okay? Uh, yeah. the natives are an, another thing because they're their own brotherhood of, of, uh, natives. Yeah. But there is, there is, you know, like, like I'm Mexican, uh, Angie. So I'm, yeah. I, I share in that to a certain extent. It's like I'm indigenous, but I'm not that indigenous kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because of the actions of, uh, that were brought upon my people unwanted. Like, for example, I just met this Mexican lady who's from Oaxaca. And we were, we're working at the call center, which I'll be there in about three hours. And she tells me, I'm the original Mexican. In my, in my mind, I could have taken that so many ways, Angie. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's kind of offensive. Yeah. You're like saying you're more Mexican than me, but I know you don't mean it that way because you don't mm -hmm. have the baggage of the U.S. and the left, even though you probably left here, go, but I could have taken that so many ways. <laughs> yeah. That I, that I just looked at her and I go, well, you know what? To a great extent, from everything you shared about your life, you are more Mexican than I am because there's more indigenous, 100%, as you claim, mm -hmm. and you should be saying, than compared to me who's mixed, which I don't, mm -hmm. again, I do not look at it like high, but I don't look at it like low. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, those are things that are uncontrollable. I just thank God I'm here on earth, and yeah. I love my family, and I didn't have the best family. You know, my father wasn't around, unfortunately, because yeah. he died. I literally saw saw him die at the age of six. 
Oh. But you know, when I when 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 going back to the the Canadian uh, situation, this mm-hmm. is one I only encountered once back in like 1997 when I was traveling to Alaska to work in fisheries. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there was a problem with the United States Navy and the and and going through I guess the Inside Passage or, mm-hmm. or some some area close to. To Canada, I, I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was Prince Rupert, and and Canadians were having trouble with America. But I always knew it was a long-standing, and it was a white battle. Like what I mean by white is only among Anglo-Saxons. Yeah. And, and the way Canadians said, "Well, you know how Big Brother is," and I go, "No, I really don't. Please explain it to me." But it mm-hmm. goes back to to the beginnings of the country, to the wars, to the attacks on. I think it was the capital, Ottawa. Uh, yeah. you, you know, Canadians burned Washington, uh, the capital. The, the American fellow, American Anglo-Saxons went back and burned Ottawa. And it, <laughs> yeah. so it was one of those. Uh, you did to me, I did to you. So it, it, I it's burned, a I too burned yeah. your thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. try to make it racial, but it's it's among whites. They, they even tell you it's not your problem. It's not a black problem. It's not an Indian problem. It's a white problem. And I looked yeah. at it and go. And I started looking into history over time, and I go, oh, no wonder. But I didn't know they had, like, a stupid little, uh, you know, I know you're bigger than me, but we're both yeah. brothers. And so I've always seen Canadians as, as fellow Americans because they share basically everything. We could have breakfast yeah. the same way. This is in general, just in general. It's not almost just the, I always saw it as Canada's, like, the United States' little brother or something or little sister. <laughs> and, and, and I always hear... Americans go down there and it's basically you find the same thing. The only thing is they love you more if you spend American dollars because, you know, they'll give you discounts as a tourist. But yeah. it's pretty much the same thing. And then a couple of words here or there, like if we say house, you guys say house, you know, really deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so you go, you know how you know, you know, wife would tell me, you know how you know a Canadian? He goes, house. When he's talking, just look at the word, how he says house. I go, house. He goes, he says it very deep. like house. Very different. And I was like, damn, it sounds like he's going to say he speaks like England, you know, like English from England. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, we just got rid of the queen. Like, she was pretty much, well, a figurehead more so. But now we're we're not with the queen anymore. But she still comes to visit a lot. (laughs) No, I I, I like the state. I really I, like this. I remember lot. once years ago, back, maybe back in the late nineties, they they said the Queen is coming over. Well, yeah. How do you and he goes to America. You just say hi. He goes to everybody else that is still into the Commonwealth. They still got to bow and and kind of right. like show that love. And he goes, but people don't steal that. That's maybe English. That's from England. They go uh, English yeah. people from New Zealand, UK, maybe to a certain extent. Australia to a certain extent because you know they're 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 we're also founded by the English ago, but they don't really yeah. care for that. They don't make a big deal. Yeah, they say yeah, she's a queen and whatever. Whereas <laughs> in England, that's their goddess, pretty much. Yeah, I know yeah. it's hilarious. My my great grandma was really into the queen, but I I'm I don't really hang around with my family. I've been on my own since I was like thirteen, fourteen, and then. uh I moved out to the reservation, even though I'm white, the native people kind of took me in as like their family. So, (laughs) 
It's kind of, yeah, I, because I, I had a white boyfriend. He was beating me up all the time. So they took me out there and said, he'll never come out here and get you. And, uh, so my sons, they are, uh, half Micmac or Micmac. Um, yeah. And I'm German and Dutch and their dad was full blooded native. So. It's kind of funny. They, they all look native, darker skinned, but they have blue eyes. <laughs> blue eyes and dark hair. I feel like they're someone connected to me because of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part native, even though I don't claim it. Uh, mm-hmm. the reason I don't claim it, not that I'm embarrassed or anything, is simply the way Native Americans claim it is they really know, uh, their, their tribes and their lineage in that sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in Mexico, unless like that lady from Oaxaca, uh, yeah. in this case, we, we basically became just, uh, uh, like here in America, we say in regards to immigration, a great melting pot. Yeah. So it's actually to a certain extent, Mexico in that sense is very Eurocentricized. So therefore, to a certain extent, it's racist. It's an internalized yeah. racism. Um, that, that exists. The darker you are, instead of being looked at as saying, you know what, they're the original people, they're our brothers. Well, yeah, we are all, we do, we do all share in that, whether we're 100% indigenous or not. The problem mm-hmm. is, you ever looked at, uh, Mexican novelas, which is like the soap operas? They, mm-hmm. they tend to be racist because all the actors that they show are either half of, half of the way Mexicans that are half, half, you know, already mixed blood. Uh, yeah. you know, 50%, 75%, but yeah, but you show all the whites. Oh, I go, yeah. I understand the culture, so I don't take it like evil. But the first time that, uh, fully indigenous woman like, uh, Aparicio, that's her last name, mm-hmm. uh, Aparicio won and, 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 uh, and she was about to get an Oscar, at least as a nominee for that movie called Roma on Netflix. Immediately mm-hmm. all the light skin colored or blue or white skin colored actors started, started talking evil. Why? Oh. Instead of saying, okay, we got one of ours to get an Oscar to be nominated. Yeah. Let's be happy. No, and immediately the racial segregation, the racial lines came up and they made some comments that later on they retracted because it was, if they didn't retract it, they would have lost their career. But yeah. still, racism is still serious. It's not as a, a problem as in America. I'm pretty sure Canadians have no problem with racism, at least to the way the the left puts it. Um, but but it's still in, in Latin America when when you do call it out, it's not the same baggage as in the U.S. That you know. You no, it isn't the same at all. No. I'm, I'm like, pretty sure know, it's so much I mean. more. Um, it's so. So much more passionate in the States for some reason. I mean, I went to the Black Lives Matter uh, protests in Calgary and there were thousands and thousands of people there. But yeah. I mean, we marched but, way along with, uh, with everybody that fled or they come that are immigrants, but, but especially those that fled and were able to get away from the slavery and Canadians welcomed mm-hmm. them with open arms and with much different attitude. Yeah, the Underground Railroad, right? You're going to see that 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 they'll tell you they grew up much different. They're more welcome. They're Mm -hmm. they're more they're they're more involved. They're 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 more. Well, my my daughter, when she was a little girl, she liked Rihanna a lot, like a lot. And my mom went up to her and she said, "Oh, 
Well, she seems pretty good for a black lady. And my daughter had no idea what my mom was talking about. And I realized that my daughter didn't know what race was. She just thought people were people. Exactly. Which is the innocence that it should have always been left then. Right? Mm-hmm. And like I just thought, wow, we get kind of crazy. Meaning the black sings right. But in English, that would be seen. Why did you have to identify her that the black sings right, sings well? Sings yeah. pretty good. Whereas I'm just identifying in the whole group that black person sings well. So I, I've had to be careful how I say it in English because yeah. even if you say like in a football, in a, in a football match with, with, with football soccer as an example, I see, it's a, it's a jugador negro. Oh, the black player. You know, he's awesome, right? What, in Spanish, it's perfectly well because you're identifying the person. But I also yeah. have to remember that in English, if I just say it like that, uh, without without people understanding the context and the background and the yeah. cultural significance, don't take But why do you have to say it exactly like that? To point them out, like it's a negative, you know? Yeah. So I've 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 learned I, over time, and I've seen it go, and it's kind of funny because sometimes people pull it out, and I'm thinking in, in English or uh, as an American, or, or you know, I'm thinking I know he yeah. didn't mean it that way because this guy's not racist, but at the same time I'm thinking. It is funny how people fight over language. And the same thing happened, oh, yeah. believe it or not, uh, Angie, with, with, mm-hmm. with, uh, the French president when they won in, uh, the, the FIFA World Cup, the French won the, yeah. the World Cup, when people were saying, it's the, it's the black French who won. And he just said, stop the hyphenation. It's just the yeah. French won. Period. <laughs> and that's yeah. how we're going to end racism. And stop saying like, you, you know, you say to your background, you know, German, Dutch, yeah. but I know you don't go around rock me. Yeah, I'm German, Dutch, Canadian. No, just say I'm Canadian. Yeah. And Canadian is made up of everybody. I say the same thing and I keep on challenging people. Just say you're American, period. It's the same thing yeah. actor Morgan Freeman said. When we stop talking so much about race and start like basically accepting each other, it's yeah. going to end. So the power it's is in our, in our attitude and, and how we, how we go about it. And how we express, if we really want to end this, it'll end. Because as far as I'm, what I'm seeing, Angie. Dude, my daughter, racist. she didn't know what race was until us grown-ups taught her that. Wow. Like, she didn't see color of skin or race. She just saw people as people. But now that she's 21, she's grown up. And unfortunately, she sees race and color. And she sees that now. which. Kind of makes me sad, really. It's almost like the children are smarter than us sometimes. It's kind of like the innocence that was there, in a way, even though it's kind of intellectual, maybe to a certain extent, the heart is robbed. Because yeah. now, now she's brought into this wicked and evil world where, where, wait a minute, if you would have been just left alone and you would have seen things for yourself, you would have been the one criticizing us and, and telling us, why the hell are you like that? Why do yeah. you have to carry that baggage? And that's the very same thing at work right, right now where I'm going to go to the call center because over here in yeah. California, we have 11 days of election, almost a whole month, believe it or not, Angie, a whole month. Mm-hmm. Of whole that's a dream for all Democrats because it's a blue state. Sorry to yeah. mention that. But the whole thing is what, what I, what I look at that is I met this lady, very attractive black lady, very nice. Single mom, mm-hmm. and I I started talking to her, and she shared 
And she had the, what, it, what we call here in America, she had the black baggage on her. She had the yeah. black card. And even though she could not use it on me because I'm not white, you know, that, that only works with white. I know, I noticed how the baggage, just having a small discussion, little things that would trigger her. She, I was able to answer a lot of her questions as a Hispanic man, much yeah. different, uh, much different background than what, what she's used to. But I noticed, I go, how could some, somebody so beautiful get single? Yet have some, so much animosity and baggage. I go, and I built, I, and believe me, I think this is more what was, has been taught. So in her, in her world, she's trying to see all the negative that she ever was t- told about different groups of people. I go, this mm-hmm. person than the people that she claims are racist towards her race. So even when I talked to her, as, as 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 much as I would love to get to know her, she's a she's a horrible person already, and she believe it or not. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm single, but I was like, wow, it's that's how low the person is in experiencing. I'm gonna say she doesn't have. I'm not saying she not, doesn't have so that right to experience it. I'm just saying it's been mm-hmm. added on. And her innocence was robbed at a young age and, and stuff. And yeah. I don't mean she slept with somebody and had a kid. No, I mean, somebody kept on telling her that she was yeah. a slave or a, or a descendant yeah. of slaves. One thing is historical. Another thing is to walk around life thinking people are looking down at you or don't want to accept you or don't like yeah. you. And you have a grudge. You hate them. Whatever. Yeah. You can fill in the blank. Go ahead, Angie. Hate is a terrible thing. Hate is a terrible thing. And it really just breeds more hate. It's like a disease, really. It's like a horrible disease. I try not to hate anybody. But you know what? I do hate myself. That's kind of sad to say, but (laughs) that's what I struggle with. I struggle with hating myself a lot. I don't have a family or anything, though. But they're all still here. They just, they shunned, shunned me, basically. So, yeah, I have a lot of self-hate, but. Believe it or not, Angie, the Canadians I've met, I, I have good impressions of Canadians. Yeah, I love, I love most people in Canada. I want to move to the States, though. I do. I've wanted to move to the States for a while. Just because you guys are allowed to protect yourself over there. I went to jail for protecting myself. Uh-huh. And ever since then, I've kind of been like, I don't know. In the States, they get to do, you guys get to protect yourself. And that's a big thing for me. <laughs> I went to jail for seven months for, uh, a guy was beating me up and, uh, you know, I'm not a violent person. I never had a criminal record before, but um, there was a baseball bat laying there and I picked it up and I cracked him in the head with it. And I went to jail for that, even though he was attacking me. Yeah. Hey Angie, let me ask you. How? How? Uh, so, sorry to change the topic on you like that. No, that's okay. Go ahead. And, and you know, you need to express yourself as a woman, and oh. and when you're hurt and everything you went through, and you know, God knows. It doesn't hurt that um, much anymore. It's just normal yeah. for me. <laughs> let me ask you. How influential are my people down there? And I don't mean Americans. I mean Mexicans. Yeah. How influential? How? I always hear good things even from Mexicans that live in Canada. Oh, yeah. Well, Canada's like a big melting pot, really, right? So I think that there's more opportunity because really we don't... In Canada, race isn't really that important, you know? 
it really it really isn't there's a little bit of problem sometimes um between native people and white people but i don't know for some reason here in canada we all kind of get along pretty well for the most part but uh i have friends of every nationality and every race and there are some that are very 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 like successful and then there are others that are middle class and you know there's just opportunity to do if you're willing to do the work and get yourself there you can do it you know (laughs) i follow the canadian um intellectual controversial because of the things he said but a very fine person in my book at least <laughs> dr jordan peterson i'm pretty sure he's been oh, out over there right jordan peterson i just listened for, to him for the first time the other day yeah what did you think of him i think that he's a intelligent man and i'd like to hear more from him for sure yeah he, he, he's very, lots of people don't like him though for some reason. Well, they don't like him because he, he tells the, the left the things are, that they are. He doesn't agree with Trudeau, but he tells yeah, them, right? yes. you're right. making all these laws on your own without even debate, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you want to check people down because I believe, I believe it was Bill C-16. Yeah. Controlling language because they were making it a crime not to call it transgender to transgender. By yeah. the problem that the person wanted, and go, you're taking it to an extreme. You're controlling language now. Yeah, and- yeah, right. That is extreme. Um, I, you guys don't fight. Yeah, I can't stand Trudeau. I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I don't, I don't like him at all. And if I have a funny theory about that, but lots of people just think I'm crazy. But um, it, Trudeau's parents were friends with the Castros, I think. Yeah. And yeah, they we, always we, visit. We, we, and if you look at their pictures right beside each other, you look at Trudeau. Uh-huh. You look at Trudeau. And you look at his picture. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they looks, almost look identical. It looks like, 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 like Fidel Castro had sex with his mom. Yeah, they look identical. Identical. Yeah. It's uncanny. Uh, but you they know were what friends. The they you all went out the, together, so maybe you it know happened. Something mm-hmm. called DNA that could prove that on the spot. Wouldn't that be something, something man? Something a DNA test can prove immediately if he is or not. Yeah. <laughs> they just have to yes. zoom the body from Castro to take out a, a, a couple of pieces of him. Yeah. Yeah, or a family member if he has any living relatives, but that would be something else. And they look almost identical. It is so crazy. And then you put him next to his supposed dad. He looks nothing like the guy. <laughs> the bastard child always tends to look like the father. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how, that's just, that's Murphy's that's, law. That's, that's how we say it in Spanish. El bastardo siempre se ve como su, como, como su papá. <laughs> the bastard child always will look like the father. That's been uh, that's been known in Hispanic culture very well. And the reason I say that is because whenever that's been those men that like to jump bed, um, they like I call it jump ship when something goes mm-hmm. wrong with their family, especially their yeah. wife. 
Catch, catch That's what too. my kid's dad did. Yeah. Jump ship. <laughs> and what he end, what they end up doing is that within a two to five mile radius that yeah. that father will have another lover. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is he spends time over there, maybe um months, years, or maybe for good. Mm-hmm. He knocks up that lady. So when the <laughs> children meet up on both sides, one five years older than the other. Yeah. And the teacher will run into both of them. Maybe chances are, right? Those are high chances. Yeah. You tell the older one, which is in, you know, you know, about to exit uh, elementary school. Uh, yeah. Don't you have a brother? And he kind of stays quiet. Maybe he doesn't really know. Or he goes, yeah, yeah but he's from another family. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because the, te- the teacher encountered the, the oldest in the second grade five years before, and now she's encountering that second year old, <laughs> the, the, the half-brother, and you yeah. go, well, I saw this face, and the teacher will inquire, and if she does, she knows any better, you know, don't don't open the can of arms too much. Yeah, you know, don't inquire. Might not know. But for those that do know, they already know, yeah, I got a little brother, but he goes to another house, because, you know, they're so innocent at that age, he goes to another yeah. house, <laughs> meaning he's from another family. So yeah. that is very common among Hispanics because, as as you know, my my culture is still very strongly misogynistic, and we do have mm-hmm. a fair amount of male, and they love to mess around. <laughs> I'm certainly not, not like that. I've never been that damaging. So thank God I don't carry that. I have no yeah. children. But I I know that that's been a common problem in my culture. Men that just love, and it, as part of the romanticized, it's what Spain left, and eventually. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, it is very romanticized, isn't it? It's yeah. funny how that happens. But the problem is, um, this is also damaging because yeah, that's why you have a lot of children. Mexico is known for having the, the most birth rate, but it's not because of, of a loving family. You know, a child being born. No, it's because it's screwing around. And literally, yeah. not figuratively. And now the the woman usually left with a with a bag to hold. Usually, that's how it works. This guy yeah. is over here having another family with someone he got along better, you know? Whatever yeah. happens, look at love affairs and, and what ends up happening. It just doesn't mean a lot, period, at all anymore to everybody, it seems, in the Western culture, especially. Like, that's, I never, I have never been married, but I've always wanted to be. I probably won't be now. But I've always wanted to be married and just have one partner. <laughs> That's I, all I remember growing up because we never Or how many times have you been married or hooked up? None. I haven't got married yet at all because I've only I I only want to do it once. <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, how many are, are the for example the 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 fathers of your children? Different fathers or same father? Um, all the same. My boys all have the same father. And I have an older daughter. Um, she has a different father. Um, I was 16 and, uh, after I had her tried to murder me and you went to jail for it, he almost beat me to death. Wow. So. (laughs) And then my boy's dad, he just left one day. He met another girl, and I haven't seen him since. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he ended up marrying her, I guess. 
And she said, yeah, I'll marry you, but you can never see that woman and her kids again, which was his son's. So he agreed and has never, ever come back again. Total, total, total abandonment, huh? Total responsibility on his part, in other words, huh? Yeah, my my father is the only father figure my sons have had, but man, my dad's a good guy, so my parents are pretty good people. I mean, they screwed up with me, right, a lot. I was on my own young, but I forgive them because everybody's human, and they learned better, and they did better, right? Yeah. So my sisters have never, I don't know. My mom is a social worker. Oh. And, uh, yeah. She was pretty abusive growing up, but she takes care of my sons now, too, because they were taken from me. Which was pretty hard. Yeah. Actually, my life hasn't been really a cup piece of cake at all, but I don't think I'd ever change anything. I don't think I would. Oh. Has, has your family or you yourself been religious or not? Uh, I, I have been, but I have trouble with that now. Like Roman you know? Catholic? I actually was born Catholic. Yes. I was mm-hmm. born Catholic. And, uh, then I, I've been looking around at all sorts of different religions because I do believe there's something out there, but I haven't found the right. What, what is it that you think like of Roman Catholicism? Uh, I, I didn't like it because I thought that uh, I had questions in religion class. I went to a Catholic school oh. and I have always been the kind of person that has a lot of questions. I have to figure things out. and. I get kicked out of religion class all the time. I got in a lot of trouble. And then in the end, I wrote a poem. And my Catholic school decided that this poem was just absolutely horrendously evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kicked me out of school, of, out of Catholic school for it. Were they trying to make you recant? Were they doing to you what they did to Martin Luther? Recant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were trying to get me to take, and it wasn't even, I mean, if, if anybody heard this poem and it was coming from a, just a young 12 year old girl, it, it, they should have been more worried about me than thinking I was evil because it was a really sad poem. The poem that controversial. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have got kicked out if I wouldn't have read it in front of the whole school at uh, my grade eight graduation. <laughs> but I did that as kind of a F you. <laughs> F you, I'm going to read my poem because I really like that poem. I still remember it to this day. Probably because wow. they just made such a big deal out of it. Can, but, you, uh, can you recite it to me? Oh, yeah, I can. Um, okay. Go ahead, darkness. Okay. Darkness falls on all those who are weeping. It falls in their dreams. It falls as they're sleeping. It will wrap around you, holding you tightly, telling you to end the fight nightly. 
death will whisper in your ear, reminding you your forgotten fear. For feelings of being alone, they will turn your soul to pure stone. Your heart is enraged because your soul, it's so caged. What do you do when your God has forgotten you? You're taken by death because she will always want you. My cats are having a little bit of issues. <sighs> she doesn't want to. It's okay. My male cat is uh, just becoming a man. <laughs> he's almost a year old, and he seems to think that, yeah, he really wants to get romantic with the female cat. She's not into it. Wants them. <laughs> yeah. And she's not having any of it. He's yelling now. He's like, screw you. And I have her up here with me. He's me. <laughs> yeah, he wants some. It's okay. Stay up here with me. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm a crazy cat lady. A little bit. Any dogs? Uh, no, I don't think I would get one, but I just don't think that it would be fair for the dog right now. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> cats, I, I kind of, I have a lot of trouble leaving my house. As crazy as that sounds, I have a lot of trouble going out anywhere. Is that so, because of the pandemic or anything? Um, I, I don't know why. I, I'm scared. A lot. Have you been like that forever? Or is that something uh, recently? It's kind of more recent. Yeah. Um, before that, I ended up, I lived on the streets for a long time, but I think it's because I've just, I've had a lot of trauma. I have a CPTSD, which is oh. complex, complex, uh, post traumatic stress syndrome. Wow. Yeah. I had some pretty, I got rescued from human trafficking. Oh. Yeah. And uh I just don't like to leave my house now. <laughs> and then I got out of a abusive situation after that and I'm getting better but I just don't oh. trust people. <laughs> Sad. Actually, you know, I found Colin and I found um Pangburn and the Discord there and the Colin on a day I was actually going to commit suicide. Serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I had a, I had bought a suicide bag. They're called off the internet, and uh, it's a way they tell people they can commit euthanasia, and it's supposed to be very peaceful. Put a bag over your head, and then you fill it up with helium. The air goes away, and you go to sleep. So I had everything all planned. I was sitting there. I was like writing to my children and I just said okay God this is it I'm done if you don't want me to do this this is crunch time and then all of a sudden uh, I forgot I had even put call in on my phone but it went ping and it said freedom of speech freedom of speech uh topic at Pangburn and I didn't know that uh they probably mass send them out to everybody, right? And I just like the superhero characters, so I went, 
and friended them all. But I thought it was like a personal invite, right? So I was like, oh, well, I, I don't want to be rude. I'll, yeah. I guess I'll just go to this thing. And I went and they were so nice to me. And they let me speak. They invited me to speak. Then they invited me back to their Discord to talk more. And uh, I come from a place where I was always just told, shut up. I've been involved in a lot of gangs and uh, really bad guys. I lived on the streets of Vancouver and Toronto and places like that. So I just thought, huh, maybe I don't need to die just yet. Maybe I just need to change, change the people I hang around with. And yeah, but you gotta, you gotta love yourself. Why do you yeah. want to for your time? I'm assuming looking at your picture, you're you're in your forties, right? Not really me. That's not really me. Hello? That That's not really me. Mm-hmm. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. Um, I'm a phone sex operator. Mm. So Angie is a character. Oh, okay. Angel is a character. But, okay, there are only, there are only four people here. Uh, my real name is Crystal. Yeah, and hold on a sec. I'll show you something. Uh, I wonder if I can change my picture. And my picture is not really me, but I could put a picture of me up there quick. Yeah, I'm I'm like not at all at all like that, like her. <laughs> She's like a character I made for work that I wish I could be more like, though. I honestly, when I first saw the picture, Angie, I thought it was like, oh, is she a porn star or something? <laughs> well, I'm a phone sex operator. Oh man, that's an interesting. And I work, yeah, I work for a company in the United States called the Phone Sex Temple. Wow. Yeah, and it's paying my way through college, so. I don't plan on doing it forever, but it is it is money right now. I don't really love it, but it's two dollars a minute, so it's it's paying for college. What do you and what do you take from school? Well, I took addictions counseling, so I just have to do my practicum for addictions counseling, and I'm also taking graphic design currently. So, it's uh, yeah. I'm assuming Canadian college and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I do it all online though. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but it does, you know. I've spent so much time making it so I never leave my house. I've noticed recently. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I gotta work on that. <laughs> wow. But when I do my practicum, I'll. I just see the thing about that is uh I didn't take the COVID shot because I didn't trust it. So they wouldn't let me do my practicum. But now that all this is almost over with COVID, they're going to uh let me do practicum now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with you on the shot. I lost my job. Is, it was too fast. Came out too fast. There's something about it, it I just don't the, like. The way, the, people, the way I saw 
them get rid of many people. I said to myself, screw that. Yeah. I mean, my own health problem. I don't need to drop dead already, you know? Yeah, right. Well, and I mean, I got COVID. I had it and I got it from somebody who had the shot. I wow. caught COVID from somebody who had the shot. So I thought that was really strange. I was like, why would I get this thing if I'm going to get COVID anyway? It just didn't make sense to me. Let me ask you, Angie, in, in regards to the dictator for prime minister you guys have. Oh, God. Was he what? He, uh, see, I, I never really voted before, uh, I tried to vote him out. I hate him so much that I actually got involved with politics and I voted for the Green Party. Uh-huh. But, uh, I, oh, I hate him. He has done nothing good for Canada. He's like embarrassing. He is embarrassing. Okay, that's me. Can you see the real me now? I agree with you with your, what you're saying. A lot of the policies that he's done, he's actually, he's a globalist. Yeah. People know he's yeah. a globalist. Yeah, definitely. So okay, definitely I put my real picture up. I'll take it back down soon, but that's the real me. I kind of look like a dork. I'm a nerd. A <laughs> little bit of a nerd. Anyway, Angie, I'll let you speak because I'm having breakfast and it's nice talking to you and hopefully I'll be in your program again. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. This was unplanned. Usually I go on on Thursdays, 9 p.m. MC, hello. You are visiting. I'm so glad you're here. You're not going to call in. That's okay. You don't have to. And Tom. Hi there, Tom. Nice of you guys to join me in this impromptu gathering. Hello, Oleg. How are you? It's nice to have you here. Um, I was going to read some erotic poetry, but then my cats got to fighting, and, well, here we are. I was just having a bout of insomnia. Hi, Jack. It's Captain Jack. Yay. So, yes, erotic poetry. I write a lot of it myself. I write a lot of poetry and all sorts of stuff like that. But I don't want to read my own stuff because I find it embarrassing. How's it going? Well, I haven't slept. And I'm trying to spend my free time being a free woman when I can here because uh, my old man isn't here, so I get to be myself. Doesn't happen often. And I'm watching erotica. <laughs> like old school erotica. Like the old, old stuff. Like Betty Page and, you know... That's old. Betty Page, I think, I think she was one of the first, first female porn stars, actually. Um, yeah. I can't remember who the other lady was right now. You spelled cool with a K. Much, much appreciated. <laughs> um, I like that. 
as somebody who constantly cannot spell things right because I like to be different. I appreciate that. Well, I could read some of my own stuff, but I mean, no. I'm going to read the definition of erotica because I can. Um, I don't know any, I can't think right now, um, of, uh, any erotic poets or poems. And I don't know why that is because usually I'm a little smarter. It's probably because I didn't sleep. Erotica is any literary or artistic work that deals substantively with subject matter that is erotic, sexually stimulating, or sexually arousing, but in a strict sense is not generally considered to be pornographic. See, that's the difference between erotica and porn. And that's why I prefer erotica, because there is a sense of art in it. And pornography is just kind of just based base like dirty yucky raunchy shit not really yucky but I mean come on um I like things to be you know artistic in fact I even believe that uh well I I sex can be different for different people but for me it's something that you share with somebody because you have some sort of connection or feelings with them and even though my job is a phone sex operator, which may throw everybody a little off, and you guys can come up and ask me anything about my job at any point in time. I don't have, like, I'm an open book. I'll answer anything for the most part. Um, I haven't found a question that I haven't been able to give an answer to yet. But um, in real life, I think that the sex should be something that's a gift that you give to somebody. Um, it's special, in my opinion. And I know that in the day and age that we live in, it's not necessarily that way to everybody. But to me, it really is. And it can be very artistic. Um, to be with somebody, you know, everybody has their own way of loving and showing that love to somebody. And I can tell you that I have been with partners for, well, my first boyfriend was seven years. And then after that, it was a uh, five. I, I'm a long relationship type of girl. And the sex gets so much better. <laughs> Honestly, the longer you're with somebody because you can grow to trust them. I've heard people say, oh, but being with the same person, that could get very boring. Well, nah, not, not in my life because I'm not a boring person, right? But you, you make it exciting and having that trust. But, but Angie, can I fill in? Yeah, please do. Most of, most of my married friends have told me, because I'm not married, right? I, I can't say that mm -hmm. aspect. Most of my married friends have always agreed, especially in the church, as they said, I used to philander around, be a bed jumper. And the mm -hmm. sex was so much better when I met my wife here at church and I had a family. 
Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the family. Everybody lives in this pornographic um, fantasy, at least for the males here in a, in yeah. the first world countries like Canada and the United States, which are first world countries. Especially, it's yeah. all over the world, not just subjected to the first world, but it's more propagated here. Yeah, uh, it is. Gentlemen's club, porn stars, films, you know, you see every day on the web. It's basically free and bought for. But yeah. my friends that were, like I mentioned earlier, the misogynistic type uh, mm-hmm. alpha that were really, really bad. They told me, bro, it's not worth jumping around to bed. Settle down and enjoy your wife. And you'll be the one that's more freaky than her because you're more experienced. But at the same time, you'll enjoy it because you get it every day. Sometimes, sometimes you don't get it every once a week or twice. You're too busy. There's many constraints. There's many pre- preoccupations, obligations mm-hmm. in life that you're too busy. Maybe with the family or maybe you had to travel or whatever, right? Whatever your job, maybe long yeah. hours. That when you do get it, you enjoy it because you know it's safe. You don't have to wear a condom and it's your wife. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if a kid pops out, you know, whether you, whether you agree or not, sometimes they're the best surprises. He goes, right? Well, if, if, if your wife, it's it's you, and it's someone you really love, and say, well, shit, I have no kids. Maybe from my last uh, relationship or the few relationships in the past that I have kids mm-hmm. all over the. Day. He goes, this one is actually going to be born in a nice home with uh-huh. a loved one that will be safe and that innocence and maintained. So many have mm-hmm. told me, I did a lot of philandering, and I had to stop. And others that came to church and still had that problem ongoing, they were very damaging. Yeah, they settled mm-hmm. down, but they should have never settled down because the problem is they're very fine-looking men to a certain extent. I say that mm-hmm. to my mother, non-homosexual or anything like that, very platonic. Yeah. But at the same time, I notice how the women come around them. They're very attractive. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they get, as, they, as they say here in the States, they get a lot of tail easily. They don't have, oh even have to work for it. They get it so easy. I, I envy them in that sense. I envy them, believe it or not. I'm like, damn, you get the attention that I would like um, attention from that kind of women. And I always get the attention from the, the wrong women that I, I don't have no interest whatsoever. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm a magnet in, 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 in the opposite. I attract the things I, I should be repulsing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, I. Go ahead. I, I I have problems sometimes. I used to be a really ugly duckling, and I kind of grew into, I guess, getting a lot more attention from men. And it was very strange for me to be able to. It still is. It's weird. I don't like attention from. I don't know what to do with it. But uh, I really could have slept around a lot more than I did. I don't count the bad things that happened to me as uh, sleeping with somebody because it wasn't consensual. But, yeah, I uh, I definitely, my sister says I should sleep around. Lots of my friends tell me I need to sleep around. And I just can't do it. I could. I have opportunity, but I just, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I can't sleep with a stranger. It's weird. But my sister, she sleeps with half of, she slept with half of freaking, half of England, I think. She's traveled the world and slept with people all over the place. And most of my friends, they sleep around all the time, too. It's just what people do now. Even if they're married, sadly. I'd say about 90% of my callers are married men. 
And I give them that. At least they're just doing the phone sex thing and they're not out like sleeping with other people, right? So, but is phone sex cheating? What do you think about that, Vladi? Is phone sex cheating on your wife? Well, I'm going to go biblically, okay? So, mm-hmm. agree, you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. The Lord said pretty much that if you were to look at another woman, in a, meaning lustfully, not that you had physical sex, but mm-hmm. you just look lustfully, that is a sin. So anything said, even flirting around at work mm-hmm. and things like that, I mean, when we see it from that standard, yeah. When we see it now in comparison to the secular humanist standard, ah, you just, you're just doing your thing. Come on, you yeah. gotta let off some steam. You know, you've, you've had that old hag there at home, you're just tired of that shit. Come on, go look at that. Come on, come on, come to the gentleman's b- b- party. Come to the gentleman's, uh, theater. Um, c- come have some fun with the guys. Or come to the yeah. so-and-so's bachelor party. He's gonna have all of these. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, yes, it is. It is. So you have to understand that sin starts somewhere in the heart. And yeah. when I want to look, I want to look, I want to look. Yeah, I, wanna, I hear that. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to want it. Uh, you cannot have a bloody piece of meat in front of a dog and not expect that as you walk away, you just drop it on the floor, that he's not going to eat it. Yeah, that's that true. That is nature. It's going to want it. It doesn't matter if it's heterosexual man or it's homosexual man. He's going to mm-hmm. want it. You know, you yeah. give him an opportunity to... A youngster that has really experienced another man, and the other man's gonna take advantage of him. And he'll mm-hmm. divertise him in that sense. And he'll say, you know what, I got a piece of him, I got me me, that's what the older homosexual man says, gay man yeah. says, especially in this month of pride and all that. And what happens? Mm-hmm. The other guy, whether he likes it or not, he just got reamed from the back. Or he, yeah. he, he, you know, did, you know, copulation or, or, you know, had oral sex with, with a guy, whether he wanted it or not. And, well, you know, he was there for that. And the other guy was more experienced took advantage of that. So come on. Why, why, why play around with these things? Yeah. No, that, that fire. makes sense. Totally. Um, I'm, I'm a recovering addict, right? So uh, it's not like I go sit in a room full of people that were doing crystal meth. And expect that eventually, if I have a bad day or something, I'm going to maybe do crystal meth because it's right there in front of me all the freaking time. And so I mean, the same thing with, with women that are, I'm going to say that are loose or men yeah. that, that don't respect your boundaries in relationships, marriages or being hooked up with some. What do they do? Mm-hmm. What are they, I, well, I was at the party and she did this to me and I did that to her and. Yeah, it doesn't happen. No, no, no. Things don't happen. People right. look for things to happen. Let's be honest. We look for things to happen. Yeah. If I go on a date, I'm hoping to get laid. <laughs> I'm hoping if I could strike it on the first time, great. If it works out, I will keep dating her, or eventually yeah. become a relationship. You know that. That's how I see it. I threw out my money. I put out my time. She said, "Yeah, let's do this." If she used me and said, okay, it, it wasn't meant to be, or I find out she's a, some kind of weirdo, I move mm-hmm. on. But I, I only lost yeah. out on that time and, and, and money I, I threw. Okay, whatever. I didn't get nothing of it. You know, and yeah. then if I see my friends, I go, be careful with that freak. She's off the wall on some shit. And nobody <laughs> care and tell me, yeah, I dated her five years ago. I made her that way or something, you know? 
So whatever yeah. the case, the whole thing is, just be honest. We are fleshy people. We're sin bound and we just want to yeah. get off, you know, and opportunities that come out, depending on your such, on your, on your mores, you know, and moral and yeah. your upbringing, some people will be more loose than those. I tell it to the people that are very loose, you're damaging your soul. Because yeah. I think you're damaging your soul. It's taking a part of you. Yeah. And when you settle down eventually, so all this free liberalism that is given in schools and in, in life, America, Canada, first mm -hmm. world country, yeah, live and let live and do it on the floor. Do it here, like in the 60s. <laughs> that, that kind of language. And guess what? It brings back a broken person. And whoever ever ends up marrying that person, you end up marrying all the 16 former lovers that that person had in their last 40 years. And all their problems, all their good. And guess what? As an as a male, you're they're gonna measure your appendage too, believe it or not. Oh dear God. Yeah. That's even what sucks, you know? Married friends mm -hmm. of mine have told me that, really, to be honest. They're they, they met their, their loved one, they're they're settled down, but what was the problem? They got sized. sized. And if they weren't like specially well endowed like the former lover, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, buddy. You know, you're, you're going to get challenged on that. Now you have to live up. To, so you see, the beauty of oh, being yeah, a virgin, yeah, the yeah. beauty of, of what, of what past generations did, it was a, a somewhat great, not good, just a great. Yeah, you had a lover. And women say, well, I married this. I, I, I go, woman, you married, period. There's people that never marry. Yeah. You got some. You had three or four kids. And you settled down. It wasn't the perfect map, but that's what you chose because you had your your ability to determine whether you wanted to be with that person or not, right? It takes two to yeah. tango, as we say. So what do I tell people? What are you complaining? I have a friend in the family, and she used to bring this topic up to me. I go, what the hell are you bringing this up to me? You've been married with a man 50 years, and now you want to dump him now that in your old age? You go, what the hell? Well, what is your thinking? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Over 60 something years of age, almost in your 70s, why are you going to leave men? That was the lady for Nisa, and I could tell her, don't, don't ever bring it to this topic. You insult Manuel when you say that. I know he's not perfect, but shit, for the, for the feminist, uh, controller type that you are, you should be proud that you got a, a weak man. Isn't that what you want? Uh, yeah. You know, and now you want to dump him? I mean, because you didn't get that asshole sheriff that you wanted to marry? Uh, Be that before you got someone and you had a family? Live with it. Own it. Yeah. Stop complaining yeah. about it. That, that, Make it work. <laughs> and it's sad, but people are not happy. They got someone. Well, guess what? That someone didn't come by themselves. You had to agree mm -hmm. to something. Now you don't like something other when you should have taken your time to get to know the person. Well, my you know? grandparents, they've been married for 70, close to 70 years now. 70, like, I can't believe it. But, yeah, close, they'll be going on that long. That's amazing, hey? But uh, I asked them, um, well, it was their 50th anniversary, and I asked them, what's your secret to being married for this long? Like, what kind of advice would you give people? And my grandpa's first thing he said was, well, I got your grandma in the Head Start program. <laughs> and she smacked him a little and said, Harvey, don't tell the kids that. Because that means he got her pregnant and that's why they had to get married, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then he said, no, in actuality, um, it's because in the hard times, when things were the hardest, when we had the least money, when we had problems, when we couldn't pay bills, 
when something was wrong in our lives, we pulled each other closer together instead of pulled each other farther apart. And we always remembered that we needed to stay close and work as a team and be partners during those times and lean on each other. And then um, my grandma said, yeah, in your guys' generation and as generations go on, you guys live in such a disposable society. Like, you see that cell phone? A new cell phone comes out and you just throw away that old cell phone and because you want the newer, better, newer, better, newer, better item. Well, when me and your grandpa were on the farm and a tractor broke, we didn't get a brand new tractor. We fixed that tractor because it was a good tractor. And we fixed it and kept using it because it was a good tractor and it deserved to be fixed. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, we could, we could learn a lot from the past. I love talking to old people. It is uh, my favorite thing to do. For at least having, holding to one kind of marriage. My my grandfather, who I very I missed since 2004, and my grandmother two years later, they were both on their second marriages. They had both lost their their their, their first uh, spouses, lovers, uh, due to some kind of uh, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my grandma migrated to the United States from Mexico in the late 50s, early 50s, mid 50s, mm-hmm. around there. So she immediately, as she was working as a cook, she barely spoke a word of English or anything. And uh, mm-hmm. my trucker grandfather, who she met, he just fell in love with her. And uh, oh. he was so needy, desired companionship. Uh, his kids were pretty much growing up, and they were almost out the door. And uh, he mm-hmm. needed to move on. In fact, his, his own children kind of abandoned him. They disavowed him, and it's a sad thing. Yeah. I don't know what that. those were the children from the gener- the the greatest generation or the silent generation. The problem yeah. is a lot of the silent generation people they didn't rear their kids. They overprotected them because of the war coming stemming from yeah. World War II and all the terror uh, from Nazi yeah. Germany and Europe and all that. And uh, my grandpa married my grandma, learned Spanish, and they had a good. They had they lasted forty five years till they died. Aww. My grandfather died at 84 because of cancer. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, he survived the cancer operation, but he didn't survive the recuper- recu- recovery mm-hmm. period at the hospital. He had a massive heart attack and died. He had a very low blood count. But they did mm-hmm. successfully remove the cancer, but he died, unfortunately. So that was oh, up to 84, 84th uh, years of age. And uh, my, grand- my grandma just couldn't handle his, his leaving. Two years later, she, mm-hmm. as the doctor said, if you've been married more than 45, 40, 45 years, you go. If you're not strong, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to want to go. And I mm-hmm. went, what I noticed of their relationship is like they didn't have any kids. They didn't, uh, nothing was birthed out of them. They were way beyond that age. They were both middle age and she was actually almost nine, 10 years older than him. And mm-hmm. I noticed they, they, they lived for each other, but they got along well. Yeah. They got along well. She pretty much lived for him. Unfortunately, her, 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 um, Health got to, you know, being older uh-huh. and uh, she not being in the best of health. It, it got to her and too and became more bedridden. But uh, he was going down, unfortunately. And uh, he left at 84 in 2004. She died in 96, of 96 years of mm-hmm. age in, in oh, wow. 2006, two years later. 
but they had a very a very good a very good relationship nobody got involved that shouldn't be involved other than the family my family mm-hmm. but they they pretty much lived for each other she was a homemaker oh. traditional and he was a trucker for uh, over here in America we have a popular union called the Teamsters. I don't know if it exists in Canada or not. And uh Teamsters unions are very popular. So my grandfather he still got to be pensioned. He didn't get a four oh one K plan. And mm-hmm. so he got he got good money retiring. And uh he retired at sixty five. So he got to enjoy his, his retirement at least uh that's good. Pretty much almost twenty years after at nineteen to be exact, give or take. But they had a good marriage and one of the things is they were church going people. They weren't, they weren't fanatical, mm-hmm. but they just lived for one another and they really didn't travel. She wasn't, he wanted to travel. He wanted to go, but he was already of age too and, and, and she even further. So it was yeah. almost impossible, but they live for each other. They love yeah. one another, you know, and that's what I noticed. They, they respected that boundary and, uh, whatever <laughs> my grandfather was after he settled on me, I would not know how he was. Mm-hmm. Through- I, I don't know much. I mean, he only talked so much about his life because he was a World War II survivor veteran. Yeah, yeah. Time, the great thing, they, they did have strong values, you know, very strong conviction. And they mm-hmm. were, unlike most Americans now, <laughs> to a certain extent, at least to the, to the side of the left, meaning left wing, he was very patriotic, yeah. nationalistic, non-racist nationalistic, which has nothing to do, absolutely, nationalism has nothing to do with, like the left puts it, regarding regarding uh, Nazism or anything. Immediately, they mm-hmm. try to look like that. As if <laughs> only nationalism means that, which is having your head up your butt, really, honestly, to have that kind of thinking. You could go to any country, mm-hmm. and nationalism does not mean that. Uh, again, so... Going further, and, and I, I, we looked into, my sisters looked into, they asked, why is it that you have a good marriage? That is fundamental. And mm-hmm. the, the, it is that they respected each other. My grandfather left his drinking when he met my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So he had good values. He didn't go around. The only habit, bad habit that I know he had was two things. Throwing mm-hmm. his money in gambling, old school gambling, where you go to the, mm-hmm. to the coffee, coffee shop or, or your yep. favorite general store, and you mm-hmm. gamble, you know, horse races kind of thing. And he won and mm-hmm. he lost. And the other one was his constant smoking. He had, mm-hmm. he had his type of smoking. And my, unfortunately, when my grandma died, they found out she had a form of emphysema because of that secondhand smoke. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's always so, the non-smoker who's going to get that. Yeah. Uh, I was mm-hmm. around smoke, and God knows I, I didn't know anything about that at that age. Um, second asphalt wasn't a big thing in the 80s, 90s. It wasn't until after the 2000, or maybe mm-hmm. mid-90s and after. But the, mm-hmm. the whole thing is, um, they live for one another. They were determined to keep their marriage. And, and, uh, See, one of like the I greatest said, untapped resources we as a society have, especially in Western culture, is our elderly people. Because... Yeah, you learn so much. I think that I just can't believe some people just they forget about their elderly family because I just love I love old people. <laughs> I do. I became an addictions counselor for actually a, a, a reason that some people think is weird, but um one of the biggest problems they say in my field, addictions counseling, is the aging addicted population they're getting older 
and uh, what are we going to do with them? <laughs> and it's a big discussion lots of us addictions counselors are having because um, it could be dangerous to get more dangerous to get somebody who is an elderly person off of dope. Apparently, there is such a high number of addicted people that are going to be coming the next, like us, our age probably is what they mean, but um, they don't know what to do with, with all these uh, addicts that are old and there's going to be an influx of them, they're thinking, like a lot of them. There's and only two stop, Angie. They're not well. The ethical, the ethical standpoint, and everything else on what to do about it. Well, if, if you, you could stop voluntarily mm-hmm. and recognize you'll always be an addict, but you could kill, you could die at any moment, and you could continue down that stream and become homeless and eventually die in the street, mm-hmm. or continue to get sick and disease, or you'll eventually just die. And you'll stop. Mm-hmm. And you'll be dead. Mm-hmm. So there's two, two ways to come at it. Either you come there's at it. There's uh, jail institutions and death. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was and, lucky. <laughs> but yeah, but the thing is, I understand drug usage because I saw it. I wasn't really engaged into it. The most I ever tried was weed and, and crystal meth one time. And yeah. I went to work like that and I was all powered up and mm-hmm. I would never do it again. I, I, I smoked I smoke pot, but I used to be really into the hard stuff, so I just smoke pot now. And what I what I what I tell people is is you gotta come to terms with your life because I I meet friends whether at work, school. I'm not gonna say at church because I've never met people like that. Only ex people that have actually mm-hmm. learned that your addiction really is a void in your life and your soul mm-hmm. for God. Exactly. And that's yep. what I tell well, people. You, you got to recognize, yes, that, that we're, we're, in the words of R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul said it, we're homo religioso, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with homosexuality, by the way. It's homo yeah. religioso, meaning we are all have a vacuum in our heart and it could only be filled with God. It cannot be filled but with God. But what if you're so angry at God? Well, you just you have to get over yourself. The reality is like, like me being angry, looking up in the sky. And, I hate you, Sky, for being there, Sky. I hate you, but I gotta accept <laughs> you because you're, you're part of this world. But you're there, Sky. <laughs> but I hate you, Sky. Get over yourself. Grow the hell up. Do you think God gets mad that we bit, exactly. like whatever we're mad at him? You think I mean, God gets angry? Believe it or not, like, Angie, I come from the most triggered country in the world. And I hope Canada is not like this, even though I know it, it is to a certain extent. The most mm-hmm. no person triggered. I'm a Gen Xer. I don't bow down to the politically correct machine, the cancel culture. That could all go mm-hmm. to the ash heap, waste of, ash heap of history, as they call it. The waste mm-hmm. of history, for all I care. I speak my mind. I'm polite when I have to be, mm-hmm. but I'm harsh when I have to be, too. And yeah. I don't have to think about twice what I'm going to say. When I'm going to say it, I say it and I don't regret it. Even if there's people that walk away, ah, oh, you were, you were, you were so insensitive. I shut the hell up. I tell them, grow up. You got to make sure. Some people are too sensitive. You have to stop controlling your life and people aren't going to cater to you. Grow the yeah. hell up and grow some while you're there. Grow up, mature. Yeah. And that's the thing. What I notice on addiction and people that have addiction is the battle is not only spiritual, not only physical, obviously, 
but they have to grow up and stop playing around and not want to accept life as it is. Yes, life is good and bad and beautiful and ugly and everything mixed in between. Evil and good and it's all there. And it's how we deal yeah. with it. If you know, to be the same monsters like in the past, like I'm using the example of Nazi Germany, or are, yeah. are we getting better people to free people to really live in freedom and respect mm-hmm. one another and, and, and work with each other and stop all this racist hatred and all this bullshit and everything that's coming up, coming up from my country, unfortunately, the United States. Do we grow up and move on or are we going to continue down the same chapter and eventually end up in some kind of uh, skirmish, civil war or whatever? Yeah. I give it up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and uh, well, for me, one thing that I had to learn was, yeah, some pretty shitty things have happened to me. I've been victimized. I've been, I've had some unfair, uncalled for, unwanted things happen to me. Yes. Um, but if I was stuck in that victim mentality, I, I just totally was stuck there. And then I started doing drugs because I was so depressed and I wanted to die and oh, poor me. And I mean, I don't want to downplay things that have happened to me, but there comes a point in, there came a point in my life where I had to take accountability and take some, um, take some of that and really look at what happened to me and the what's and how's and why's. And I had to see what I, what part I played in those situations. Like what could I have done differently or seen differently? And what could I have done to contribute to the situation I was in that led me to the violence or to the bad things that happened? And then I took the power back. I was no longer just a victim. I was a person who had power to make sure that those things didn't happen to me ever again. And that's where I decided, you know, maybe instead of doing drugs, I'll go to school. Because maybe I won't be around violent people as much if I get a home and educate myself. And instead of selling drugs, I spend my time on going to school, getting a little bit of an education. And then through that, maybe I'll meet a different kind of people that aren't all thugs that do drugs and sell, you know. And then through that, there are still going to be some bad people. Don't get me wrong. I know that. But I'm not a tree. I don't have roots. I can leave or change to try to make my life better. So really, <clears throat> you you have to take some initiative and you have to take control of your own life too. Nobody's going to freaking mollycoddle you. And that's an old word, isn't it? <laughs> mollycoddle. I'm so weird. But yeah, nobody's going to like make your life better for you. You have to really want it and do it yourself. And once I stopped being the victim and I started taking some, some like accountability, my life got better. I, I have a lot of arguments with this too, with people that, especially people that were in the lifestyle I was in. Um, but I really do think that 
anybody could better their life because I had nobody. <laughs> I didn't have family that helped me. I didn't really have anybody at all. And I still am not there yet, but I'm way better off than I was. And I know I'm going to be way better off. I just have to keep working hard at it. Well, you know, thank you for sharing that, Angie. And that is pretty much life, what you were saying right there. Mm-hmm. Your life, yes. And many could relate. Is it, is there, is, is life not hard? No. I'll be a fool to tell you I've never gone through bad time. But I've learned to overcome over time. Not, not, not fall down in the fetal position and cry and wish to die. I've had the moments where, yeah, I wish things were going my way and I wish I could die. But that was momentary, stupid, immature thinking. Yeah. Oh, shit, little victim of society where I had to grow up and, hey, this is part of life. Get over it. Whether yeah. I was a teenager in my 20s or 30s, it creeps up, it comes up. If you don't deal with it in life, we all have just, to, like it or not, grow grow up. There's a lot of growing yeah. up to do. Even, and you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s. And I, I'll be honest, uh, yeah. Angie, I'm not I'm not married, so I see yeah. things much different than most married people. Yeah. When I hear stories or I know of stories, I know of people, I look at them from different angles, and I go, yeah. how would I be able to do that or this? Well, they ask me. They come for me for counseling, for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, friend, friends, close friends. He goes, how would you do it? And I go, like a, a friend of mine, I had just, uh, I think I had just spoken uh, at a church or something. And uh-huh. the guy, the, the guy was suffering from some kind of, uh, of overbearing mom and he wouldn't let go. And he was married and his wife was challenging him, oh, trying yeah. to force him to change. So he goes, bro, what do I do? He goes, first, since you're a beta male type, you're weak, you got to put your foot down. Your mom, being a Central American woman, she's of the old school, but Central American women tend to be matriarchal. So they're very overbearing if you don't watch it. I've dealt with yeah. many of them in my life. I even had some girlfriends and stuff like that. So I know the culture very well. I have family. Mm-hmm. I told them, you got to put your foot down. And you have to have your mom understand. I mean, you're going to be there on the weekend. You're going to be there to eat with them, with your wife and children, or maybe alone. You're going to mm-hmm. take her to the grocery store, but that's it. And to the doctor once in a while, but that's it. Your wife is telling you, you don't go have dinner coming out of work when I prepare dinner for you over here. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he goes, He goes. that's what she's tired of. She's tired of having to compete with your mom as if she, she was another lover. Yeah. You got to put your foot down, be a man, and say, Mom, I can't do this anymore. I have a wife. I have a children. That's why God mm-hmm. said that they should both, you know, be united, become one flesh, right? Leave father and mother. That is the key. That is the goal. That is the formula to continue procreation, continue societies. Mm-hmm. People vary. I go, but you got to put... Your foot down on your mom and say, I'm sorry, mom. I have to be a dick with you. But you have to understand why. And you should have known that the moment I married my wife. Yeah. Which this was like maybe two two children, two, three children. He's a hardworking guy, but very soft, yeah. I noticed. I told him, learn to be as me, my friend, that I have no problem putting my foot down on people. I don't mm-hmm. I don't do it like George Floyd. Don't get me wrong. I don't do that. <laughs> Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> or like what Al- Malcolm X said, that's not a chip on my shoulder. That's your foot on my neck. No, 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 no. Not like that. 
I'm saying like put that. your foot down <laughs> as authority and tell them straight out, I'm not that man. You can't be, yeah. you can't be messing with me, controlling yeah. me, manipulating me. But uh, biblically, I will still honor you as my mother. Yeah. But you're not going to get not even 50% like before. Yeah. You know, well, I'll be yeah. here. I'll help you. Otherwise, it should be like any mother should be helping with that. You know, you trying to move on to his life, right? That's what you do as a mother. You help them learn. But, but one thing husband. I have noticed, believe it or not, uh, Angie, and not to be mean, yeah. In the family, because they tend to get involved too much involved in the family, and that's why I understand why is it that children, when they marry, they have to move far away, far Aww. away, and that could be across the board any culture. But for some particular reason, Central Americans have a tendency. Yeah. Maybe that's the most negative thing in their background. They have that. I've seen it over time. I'm yeah. gonna say I haven't seen it in Mexicans. Yeah. But it it all depends if you allow them to be overbearing, to be too involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. And I always wanted to have a husband or a boyfriend that had a mom. That was my dream. I was like, I will get a man. He will have a mom. She will be my mom. <laughs> and then we'll have a mom. But that never happened, unfortunately. Oh, no, yeah. don't, I mean, that could always happen. Don't, don't put your... I'm getting old. Don't call it. I'm getting old. But you've kind of inspired me today. You know that? <laughs> uh, you did. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high-powered... I'm, I'm becoming a high-powered man. I'm sorry. Well, I've been I listening to the right channel. Preacher. I was going to school to be a preacher. I was. And I was heavily involved in my church. But I got mad at God. But why yeah. did you get mad at God? What did God ever do to you? We Honestly. haven't talked for a while. But, well, you know... Like the president, you have a Roman Catholic... I'm not even going to tell you to become evangelical. Go back to the faith of your origin. Embrace it. And learn about God and read the Bible. I'm a happy yes. man. I do not live in fear. I praise God. I love God. And I, I understand the world is going to hell, but I'm not going with it. I, was I have friends that are in and out. And I was reading the Bible to people. It was kind of cool. I was going downtown in Calgary and reading the Bible to people. But I had also. I'm pretty sure there were some people that loved you, most people that hated you, right? Well, I'd ask them first if it was okay because I didn't, you don't want to force that on somebody. You want them to listen to it with an open heart. So you want them to, you know, want it. It's kind of like you wouldn't force sex on somebody. You shouldn't force the Bible Neither. either. But uh, I also incorporated smudging, which is of the native culture, into it as well. Um, and smudging, basically you're smudging and the smoke is taking your prayer up to God mm. as you smudge. And it cleanses you as well, but um, when you pray with smudge, that's what it signifies is the smoke carrying your prayer up to God. Um, and I talked to a lot of native people and I just, I made a bunch of panic and I'd go just be homeless people. But, uh, then I got believe mad it, at God. Believe it or not, Angie, the closest I've gone to native people 
I was taking a world history class mm-hmm. with a very popular feminist teacher, Pasadena City College. I liked the girl. She was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Anglo of, uh, I think, Scottish, not Irish descent. But she was a sweetheart. I loved her. And mm-hmm. this teacher was dating a Mexican, truly native man who worked for the mm-hmm. city of L.A., I think. And I, at that time, I had long hair. And uh, mm-hmm. it's something I had I wanted to do because I've always been a rocker, heavy metal. And it was yeah, like my, my version of <laughs> I'm going to rebel against the yeah. world, against my mom, because she never let me grow up with long hair, being very evangelical. So I got a lot of, a lot of heat, good and bad. But that was yeah. me being me until, you know, I let it go about maybe four or five years ago. And uh, I remember in that class, she really looked up to me. I was like, what is this white woman looking up to me? Unless she liked me and she wants to have sex and for, for a grade A or something. No, she was she had, uh, getting into the Mexican thing with a very Mexican man. So she looked at me. We were talking about Native Americans. She looks up to me. She goes, Laddie, you're very Native. I mean, I could have taken it in so many ways. But I was like, you know what? I need that A. I need that grade A. I'm not even fighting that. You know, <laughs> I'm not that in touch with my native side, but I have nothing against it. But I, I'm going to embrace it for the moment just for the sake of what they're telling me. And I just left it at that, you know? Yeah. So, and, and you know, she gave me a good grade, but not based on that. But she made a comment that if other people would have heard, they were like, how could you be like that? You're saying, no, well, no, she was going through her own thing of dating a Mexican man and probably having the best sex in her life or something. I don't know. You know, and she's <laughs> about to settle down and retire and move to to um, uh, Costa Rica from what she said. Well, I'm, I'm going to oh, embrace wow. her. She's going to be part of, of us now. I go, that's great. You know, God bless her. I was there just for yeah. the grade, but I, I learned a lot. And, and uh, I learned that I was too a historian and that I love to read history and that I should pursue that career because I'm in IT. I do information technology. I'm your computer tech, okay. your network tech. I'm all that. So that's what I love. But at the same time, I said, if I were to be a teacher, it would be nice to go down that road. But she kind of embraced that. And, uh, I never thought feminists were that welcoming, you know? But I guess there's yeah. many different types, you know, very different type. And she was someone yeah, I liked. And I told my friends, uh, I, go, I met my first feminist teacher like this. Check it out. I just declared. And she's super cool. She's not the she's not the dirtbags we've met in the past that have issues, you know? <laughs> and, and I go, and, and she, and, and, you know, she was a wonderful person, uh, uh, Maria, Maria Conti. Wonderful person. And I hope to take her class if she's still around uh, when all this COVID shit comes down. But other than oh, that, like I'm telling you, I mean, it's just I myself have gone through to, to see myself through the, through the eyes of other people. And uh, I remember one time I was studying at Starbucks, waiting to get into class. And she was there for uh-huh. a little bit, correcting, doing some homework. And we got into a discussion. Nothing even bad, but she was very open to all musics, whereas I'm not open yeah. to all music. That I'm very critical of today's music. Oh, I love yeah. the 80s and the 90s. I'm an 80s babe. And, and that's I grew up as a teenager growing up and, and graduating in ninety. So I'm an eighties, nineties all the way down. And yeah. I'm very I'm an ultra critic. I'm a, I'm very extremely judgmental. Even I might keep it to mm-hmm. myself, but sometimes when I let it out, people hear and they're like, Oh, you saw them. Whatever, get over it. Yeah. It's my mind and I speak. So the the thing is when it comes to modern music in the last maybe twenty years, I've been ultra critical of it. And yes, I missed the eighties. I even missed the seventies and I was a kid, a baby boy then. Yeah. So I missed the seventies and I go, damn, there's so much good talent. What happened to it now? So my teacher yeah. would kind of go say, don't be so mean. They're not all like that. And I, and I know she was referring to that, 
I think singer T- Taylor Swift. I wish I've never even heard her music, oh, to be God. honest. And I wouldn't, yeah. but I just said, you know what? These younger generations don't cut it out. There's not the same. We're talking about some of the music that came up. They came up when you were in in high school for crying out loud ago, and and you, you had some of the awesome bands. I mean, you got to live in the era where the wars were going on, uh, yeah. Vietnam or something. You know, you were one of those protest babies out there. You know, doing your activism against the war. I go, that's all good. I go, but. I go. You got to. You got to grow up when they had hot rods and all that. You know, nineteen seventies. We didn't have all this climate change thing. We had nuts, nutbags saying that the world would end, but it never ended. Thank God. Yeah. And, and yeah, I go, but but you, but you know what? It, life is it. It is what it is. We learn from it. But unfortunately, there's people that don't. But yeah, I have a very critical eye to to the to the present, to the last twenty years when it comes to music, to just about anything. Oh my gosh, I agree. And, totally agree. Go ahead. Music now is crap. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't see it properly, but I mean, it's crap. I don't like it. They have nothing that, it's, oh, it's just ridiculous. Like whatever happened to the good old days when they would write, they would write a song. Like it would mean something. It had meaning. Like now it's just a lot of repeating the same thing. And I don't know. I can't say my daughter has made me listen to so much of this popular crap. Uh, Angie, one thing I do agree though, that if you go to Amazon, instead of buying like back in the day, the CD or cassette, you have to buy yeah. the whole thing. Now you can just yeah. buy the song that you like and leave it at that for 99 cents. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And that is kind of cool. Well, and I make my own music now, so that's really neat. They have you don't have to have any musical talent at all to make a song nowadays. You can I, do it. I, I can't wait phone. to buy the 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 Johnny Depp, the Jeff Beck uh, music, and just to support Johnny Depp. And I'm not even a Johnny, a big Johnny Depp fan. I just love that he won. Yeah, yeah, right. That was a that was actually pretty good. That I, I'm actually glad that he won too. Um, I used to be a man hater, and then God gave me three sons, so now I can't really hate men anymore because I have three sons. They're going to be men. They they're little men. So I really started learning a lot more about men from raising my sons. As silly as that sounds, and it. Turn me into a non-man hater. So, so, like, talking about man hating, I, I need to ask this because I'm about to go to the call center. It starts at eleven o'clock over here, yeah. Pacific Standard Time. And I'm not lying to you. I always get this everywhere. And I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Angie. I had no sexual interest in this woman. Mm-hmm. None. Not even. It didn't even cross me. We saw each other, and this mm-hmm. young Hispanic woman hates on me. Because, what, I didn't say hi, I didn't pursue her, and she's just been a hater ever since the last four days. Uh, obviously, she hasn't said anything, she's not that vocal to me, she knows I'll yeah. tear her up, but the whole, that's not the point. The thing is, I just want to understand some women. Why is it that they hate you just because you didn't flirt with them, or they didn't go their way because they were fantasizing about you or something, and all they do is stare at you, but they don't take the time to, the proper decorum to come and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Make the move. You know, just be a friend. You want a friend? Make a friend. What was my problem? My problem was just talk. You talk to everybody else for crying out loud. Why don't you talk to me? 
I'm not crying or begging for attention. I'm just saying, get over your hatred. She and I have done or said. She probably likes you. But but she has a nasty way of coming at me. And, you know, and honestly, I I wouldn't say no, honestly. Go ahead, grab it. I, I go, um, my sister's being, she's being that kind of woman, unfortunately. She's <laughs> coming to, estoy en el teléfono, por Dios. So what, what ended up happening is just, I trip out on these women. They, they rather go on a, on a hatred, on a, on a journey of hatred instead of get to know and ask the person, hey, whereas other women have approached me and I'll just let them know if I want to be a friend or, you know, maybe if I'm interested or not, I'll continue with that language, right? Mm-hmm. It's all what you say and how you communicate it. But this woman that I just been at, the, she's younger than me. I, I would really, I would not say no. I wouldn't mind giving her a chance. But it's just the way she comes at you that got to me. I was like, yeah. what the hell is up with you? You're trying to work me. I know you're trying to gaslight me. Yeah. But you didn't even bother to even know who I am. But you gave me the nasty look. Like, I hate you. I don't hate you. I wasn't feeling nothing. I was just staring. You were in my purview for crying out loud. You were in my purview. <laughs> And and I that's the only way I could see because the, the screen is in front of me and I could look left and right and I have to turn around the, the chair, but you're giving me this nasty look and you didn't even bother to ask how I felt if I wanted to be a friend. Didn't even, you know, ceremoniously come over. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I would like to meet mm-hmm. you. I would like to get to know you, you know? Nothing like that. Women All I got communicate so different. Women communicate so di- so much differently than men. Most of my friends are men and have always been men because I like the way men will just tell you how they feel. Now, with women, it's a bit different. Yeah. We will tell, we'll dance around the subject of how we feel. And then we'll make you try to read between the lines. We won't tell you exactly what's up. And then we'll expect you to figure it out and know. To, to assume that, that I should know exactly what you're... Yeah, you should know I mean, exactly. I, I you know, I, I have those critical uh, conversations with my sister. And usually I throw them at their face. I go, what do you expect me to read, to, to be a mind reader, to know every move? No, yes. That's why I had to call and ask. <laughs> and, and, you know, my, my older sister is about to divorce. She, she's one of the ones that looks at me and goes... Damn, you have access to your life. I go, well, damn, you could have I can't hear you. You got go, too far away from the go. phone. I, I, go, I, I can't. I go. I can't help you because. Owen, oh, I, 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 I never. Me. I really never. I go. I never really got to know my brother-in-law. Well, that's because he wanted it like that. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Owen. We're just talking how's it going, about women and how. Hey, hello. <laughs> oh, do you mind if I uh, ask you a question, Angie? You can ask me anything you like. Oh, sure thing. I just wanted to ask you uh, just some questions about... Uh, I know I asked you in, within the chat on one of your last episodes about your mm-hmm. experiences with uh, shadow banning as a sex worker. Because I know uh, you mentioned before, like, uh, one of the first times I think I saw you on a show 
like visually, mm-hmm. not like as one of the speakers. Um, you were talking about how you had to make another call in account because uh, I think you got one like stricken down or something like that. Um, I had another call in account. However, this one, when I talk about my job, um, I use my Angie. Um, yeah. yeah, because Angie is, people don't know who I really am when I'm Angie. Like, uh, it's for our safety at work. Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. So my other account is real me. I got you. Yeah. It's, it's really confusing actually sometimes. But, uh. Oh, no, it's not. It's for your safety. I definitely get it. Um, do yeah, you have any experience? That's why oh, some people will I'll be Angie and they'll forget because they know who I really am and I'll be talking and calling and they'll say my real name. <laughs> but yeah. I get you. Um what other experiences on like uh other like social media sites do you have with like shadow banning and things like that? Cuz I'm always okay. asking uh right any now, of my other friends. Right now, um, as phone sex operators, we have to do all our own advertising and drum up customers for ourselves, right? We work for the company, the phone sex temple, but we're like mm-hmm. contractors, right? So we're supposed to go on social media and get people to call us. The only one that is safe that we can really go on and advertise as for what we do, phone sex, is Twitter. Twitter. All the other ones have banned. Facebook mm. definitely would never allow it. Instagram is now owned by Facebook. Um, yeah. So you can kind of get away with it on Instagram, but not for long before they boot you off of it. Uh, and lots of the advertising sites, um, like Fet- FetLife, and other ones like that for BDSM kinks, fetishes, and stuff like that do not allow yeah. um, anybody in the sex trade on them now anymore. So they're they really so even like even Fet Life got that now. Yeah, yeah, even yeah, they won't let us because they don't want advertising. And actually, you know what just happened yesterday. You know, prepaid visas and prepaid prepaid credit cards, they will not allow mm-hmm. you to pay for sexual services. So people that would before, because they wanted anonymity, would get a prepaid visa to pay us for the phone sex work. Now they have made it so you cannot use their cards to pay for any kind of sexual services. Mm. Well, who, like, is there a certain uh, person or, I guess, a faction of the company within Visa that decides what counts or what is or is not sexual services? Um, I think it's upon the company's own choosing. Like, my bosses, they have a really hard time getting banks to work with their business. And... I work out of the States, so I'm Canadian, but I work for a company that is in the United States. And uh, they have told us in our blogs, because I write a blog post 
every week to go with my profile page. They have said banks will not allow you to talk about this, 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 this. Take all your blogs down that might talk about anything close to these things, which is drinking, drinking or any kind of drug use, because that implies non-consent. Mm. Um, so the banks will not, they, and they have people at the banks and different companies that actually will go and seek out this kind of stuff because they mm. consider it harmful to their reputation to be working mm. with someone like that. And it goes so far as, um, they, people that are in the sex industry have trouble getting somebody to file their taxes for them. One girl had a adult soother and baby diaper company because lots of people have a fetish for that sort of thing. And she was using it to get her way, get through college. And she started up this company. It took off. She made tons of money. But when it came time to do taxes, the uh, tax person did her taxes that time. And then when they were done, they said they looked at her disgustedly and said, never come back here again. That is disgusting. And lots of it, oh, there are very few even tax, tax services that work with anybody in the sex industry. We have a special, a special tax. Well, I don't do American taxes, but in America, they have a special guy that uh, actually only works with people in the sex industry because he realized what was going on. And that a lot of people just couldn't get help with their taxes or with banks because they were in the sex industry. Mm. Is there a certain reason why there's only one person that does that? Because it sounds like he or who or they have like kind of a monopoly on that business. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not. I'm Canadian, right? In Canada, it's. Um, a bit different, but yeah. you have to be licensed to be an escort here. You have to be licensed to be a exotic dancer or work in any kind of sexual industry. You have to go by and pay for a license and renew it every year. Um, otherwise, mm. you're working illegally. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot know. different here in America. Yeah, it is. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not sure how it works in the States. All I know is that uh, our bosses only have two banks that will work with them. Mm. So they are very strict on us about what we can write about. We're allowed to talk. See, there are no taboo, no limits phone service. So literally with the what is it? Your first in some amendment right in America that allows you to have freedom of speech or something. Yes. Um, yeah. So they literally talk about anything and sometimes it's even very disturbing, but anything. So we're allowed to talk on the phone about anything, but we aren't allowed to write about anything because that is in the public domain. Um, the audios we make, people purchase them so we can say more in our audios than we can in the blogs we write. But uh, they don't like anything to do with incest either. So um, anything that's like 
daddy daughter or you can't write about anything like that because or anything illegal or uh, I wrote about autoerotic asphyxiation and that was almost thrown out because mm. it implies violence <laughs> but yeah it's it's really uh censored to a certain extent um yeah and, and it's, it's like a, a whole every company has their own rules right yeah um are are you able to get or is it easier for uh, sex workers to get payment through like um digital wallet apps like uh PayPal or Cash App or Zelle the only way that I get paid from America, because it's an American company and I'm Canadian, is they pay me through PayPal. Mm. Otherwise, I'd have to have a U.S. bank account to get my paycheck. So uh, all, we, get, we get paid at the phone service through credit card or prepaid, and that's it. That's the only kind of cash they'll accept is a credit card or a prepaid gift card, or you can, you can buy a prepaid minutes rate from the website, but I get paid through PayPal because it's just easier and they take less money actually. Yeah. Then would be that's too. what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But then PayPal kind of sucks too, because it's hard to pay for anything because not everywhere takes PayPal. So then I have to switch it from PayPal into my bank, which can be a hassle sometimes. Yeah, I, I definitely know that anybody who's dealt with PayPal on any level, it's just <laughs> yeah. a, a, a huge hassle. Um, have you yeah, ever, do you use the, uh, I guess, I don't know if they have it in uh, Canada, but PayPal now in America, they have a, a, a card that you can use like a credit card. Yeah, and you know what? It's not here in Canada yet. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's not here yet, and I fucking wish it was because it would make things so much easier. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm like crossing my fingers, hoping they move it to Canada soon. Because that yeah, yeah that would be so much better. Oh, uh, do you mind if I ask you another question, real quick? I'm okay. sorry, I'm taking up so much time. No, no, you don't have to be sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm cool with it. I got you. Um, when it comes to like uh, other like places where you've worked, have you ever worked at a place that was uh, not only the employees were sex workers, but the organization or I guess place itself was like collectively owned by sex workers as well? Like kind of like That's uh, where I work right now. Oh, um, nice. The so phone like sex temple. the phone mm-hmm. sex temple um, is a phone sex company that is owned and operated by a woman who has spent many years in the phone sex industry. Mm. And they, we work there and they promote you so we can get promotions, promoted to manager and work our way up. And we all think of it kind of as not just our, our work. We like take pride in it because it is mm. run mom, her husband, her husband is co-owner of the business, but he's like more of a mascot, really. <laughs> he's a great guy, though. But yeah, Victoria, she was a sex worker for or a phone sex operator for, I think she said, 20 years. And then she hmm. started up her own company, which is the Phone Sex Temple. And um, we've like they are the best, the best employers 
they truly are so amazing. Um, they had some, they're trying to make a system so we don't have to take down credit card numbers. We can just get right into the conversation because right now we have to take the numbers and put everything down in the books. And uh, there was a problem with the pay system and nobody noticed for a good couple months that they weren't getting paid because uh, the credit card, oh. there's something wrong there. Yeah. So you can imagine how much money they lost. They could have told us as contractors that, sorry, this fucked up. You guys are beat. But they took the money out of their own pockets to pay every single girl what she earned. And they mm. were out quite a bit of money because of that. But they also, they've done some good things. They're really, really great, great people to work for. Yeah, they mm. care their employees. And a lot of companies don't really care too much. Like, they're pretty much extendable, but they really do care, which is amazing. Mm. Yeah. That sounds like, like a pretty good experience. Yeah, it is. Um, but I lucked out a lot because it's my first time doing phone sex. I just started in January. So a lot of the girls that I work with have been in the <clears throat> in the industry for like 12 years. All of them have been there longer than me. I'm like the baby of the bunch. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, they say that it's way better working for this company. It's probably the best in the industry right now working for the temple. And soon they're going to come up. They a hostile overtook another phone sex company. So we're going to have that one going too. But uh, the other ones will pay the girls like they'll charge like three bucks a minute. But the girl talking on the phone only gets like 50 cents a minute. Oh, and wow. That I is work, bad. Isn't that crazy? The place where I work, we ask $2 a minute and $1 is mine. So it's mm. split 50-50, which is way more fair than the other companies. And on top of that, we also get to sell products that we choose and we price everything for our products. And we pay a very small fee for the having the store on the website and stuff. But most mm. of that money is ours. And the audios that we create that go with our blogs, we uh, sell those and we get I think it's like 90% of whatever's in our store and our audios. So that's uh, way better than I think any other company right now that's out there. Unless you were to just go without a company, you can also do it yourself without a company. But I prefer, I prefer working with the company because I'm just not organized. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> feel you on I that. I need structure. I need structure. Yeah. I've lived on this most of my life, so, um, and been involved in drugs, gangs, the whole nine yards. I'm just rebuilding my life. Um, so it gets me through college. Like, I get to eat while I'm going to school, which, I mean, is great, considering they don't give you a lot to go to school, man. <laughs> but I don't expect to do this, like, yeah, for my that. whole life. Although, mm. although... It's kind of tempting, like, kind of tempting sometimes to forego my classes and work 
because it's good money. Like I could get paid as much as a doctor, really. At the end of the day, at a dollar a minute. But yeah, yeah. I can't tell anybody what I do. My family would just lose their crap. But <laughs> yeah, have you ever worked at a, a place where employees got like shares within the company as well? No, but I've thought about doing something like that myself. I'm not sure what the legalities would be. Um, I have worked as a dominatrix that went and saw people, like physically. Mm. So I was a dominatrix for quite a while. And um, then I also worked as a live adult performer for uh, bachelor parties and parties and stuff. So we do shows. Um, and then I worked as a exotic dancer and I was a assistant to a high, high class all girl for a while. So those are. Oh yeah. I think I've heard you talk about that before. Yeah. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. In yeah, reference that, to like, uh. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just. Oh, I was just going to say in reference to like you saying you wanted to maybe make a or have a company that has to do with giving employees shares of the company. Uh, that's called mm-hmm. a worker cooperative. And, well, I uh, wanted what- to help women, right? I mm-hmm. want to help women because I was on the street at a very young age. I was a young girl. Um, I had a baby young and her dad tried to murder me. He beat me almost to death. I didn't have a mm-hmm. family. Um, I gave up my daughter to keep her safe, and then I ended up on the street. I ended up in a big city, and I was very naive, very scared, and uh, basically a sitting duck. And I, I fell through every crack that there could have been, right? I got involved mm. in gangs and drugs. Uh, I was human trafficked. I just didn't really have a fair go of it. So I hope that I can come up with some kind of company that, because one of the problems is where do you go to get a job if your resume is like my resume, right? People aren't going to look at that and say, oh, she was an assistant to a, okay, so she must be really good at advertising or, you know, they don't see it. They just see it as sex work. And they have their preconceived ideas and their stereotypes, right? Which is kind of sad. So I wanted some kind of company where I could have young girls and women who wanted out of the sex industry. And I would hire them and give them a share of the company. And I could help them to learn skills that they needed, get out of the sex industry, because it does become addicting, the fast money, right? It's really hard for women to get out of it. So it's it's just a, a little idea in my head at this point, though. That's why I was going to the addictions counseling, because uh I really want to help people. And that's kind of like my rough idea. But. It's just not a full idea yet. I'm good at the it's idea, a, not so good. It's at actually the more full than you than you know, because um, I don't know if they have those in Canada, but here in America, they have, uh, I guess, organizations called worker cooperatives, 
and how they work is basically it's a business. And instead of having one single owner, everybody who works at the organization and or business, they all share equal shares of the company. So anytime any money comes in anywhere, no matter if you're the CEO created the company or janitor, you all get equal shares and all get to benefit from the company's, I guess, gaining of money. Or Don Don. He talks about this all the time. You guys would get along so well. Yeah. That that sounds great. That's what I would want to do. Definitely. Um, I tried to get somebody to do this with me here because I came in some money, but they just don't get it. It's amazing. People just don't understand this concept. But he yeah. said, well, no, because you can't trust people like that. And they'll just. That's interesting. Pull, they'll pull your business under. And this is somebody who's former street person. And, and they just said, no, you can't, you can't have people like that work for you. And I was like, oh my God, how soon you forget where you came from. But mm. maybe had a little bit of a, a point too, right? But I just had more hope for humankind than that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's somebody honestly needs, what uh somebody needs to give people a break, man, or nobody's ever going to have the chance to change their life. And then you're just you're basically forcing people into a lifestyle that mm-hmm. they don't want, but they have to have because they don't have another opportunity. And that's sad. Yeah, all all of the people who I personally know who are current and past sex workers as well have been through a a lot of the same things. And uh, Mm -hmm. the reason why I just asked you about, or was talking about worker cooperatives, because I know here in America, I know a couple people who work at a couple of dungeons that are worker cooperatives. Mm -hmm. So they would operate like a regular dungeon, except like when, you know, people pay to come in instead of that money going to the people at the top who own the business and or the land that the business is on, the money equally goes to everybody because everybody contributes and just a worker cooperative itself. It's just about people being able to trust each other. And if there is someone in that business organization who cannot be trusted, it all goes up to an equal vote. And if everybody equally says that they don't want you there, they, you get tossed, you get tossed out and you're, Shares get transitioned to everybody else. Well, and the other thing about that idea is the safety mm-hmm. of the workers because mm-hmm. it is not safe out there. Yeah. You know, and in Canada, they are, they're doing a lot to make it dangerous for women here that are in the industry. Like, mm. They're basically forcing them to work alone and yeah. to work undercover and in secret. And when sex work is done in that way, that's when girls are vulnerable to violence mm. and, God forbid, death, <laughs> kidnapping, rape, all sorts of things, right? So I like the idea of... Uh, that you're talking about because there is safety in that, right? There's mm-hmm. safety, safety in numbers. In yeah. And there's safety also for the clients, you know, mm-hmm. as well. And, um, yeah, 
That that's a really good idea. I I don't know what the legalities would be here in Canada because here, oh, there's so much wrong. They they are doing things wrong here. Um, it's still pretty much against the law. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Technically, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really rank, horrible stuff that happens in Canada um, to girls that work. My, I had a girlfriend, and we were dating for quite some time. There was a big, a big thing in the city I'm from, Medicine Hat. The one cop that was in charge of busting working girls and uh, that kind of thing. He uh, was making girls give him sexual favors in order not to get arrested. And he got caught and got a paid vacation or whatever. And um, yeah, there's a lot of corruption there, but I ended up getting two charges, each thousand dollar charges because I wouldn't tell the police something so they gave me prostitution charges and running an escort agency without a license. And a vice, another cop, a vice cop from Calgary actually got those charges to disappear for me. So there are good cops too. But, uh, here they still charge like the girl and not the John. If you're caught unlicensed working and then the girl will have a fine to pay. Well, what do they expect that girl's going to do to get the money to pay the fine? That's her job. She's going to have to work more to pay her fine. And then if they're caught a second time, they have a larger fine. And if they're caught a third time, they have to go to jail. So, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. And lots of girls don't like to be licensed because you can buy a license, but you have to renew it every year. And they figure they don't want the government to be their pimp. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's very unfortunate. I had no idea Canada yeah. was like that. Yeah, yeah, you have to be licensed. Like when I was a uh, the party, when I was a party entertainer, I had to be licensed to work there. When I was, you have to be licensed to be a dancer too. Any kind of sex work, you have to have that license, and you renew it once a year. Um, the they say it's so they can keep track of us in case so we're safe but i mean i don't believe they even give two craps if we're safe honestly <laughs> yeah it happens here in america a lot too where um the officers take advantage of sex workers as well because they know mm-hmm. they're very economically and also socially disadvantaged it's well, it's a big problem yeah. here as well well, and PayPal will take your money if they suspect you of doing sex work and getting paid through them. Yeah. They will, they will keep your money. They won't, they'll keep your money and just close up your account. If they, yeah, I know, I know people yeah. who've experienced that. Yeah. And I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Can't just take somebody's money and do that. It's still money. But yeah, that's, I had that happen to a few of my friends. So they're, it's, I don't know why there's so much hate on sex workers. I mean, it's the oldest profession in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has to do with, um, I, I know in another conversation you mentioned before about how, uh, 
shame can like not only damage like society itself but also damage Mm -hmm. people's psyches as well and i i do think it has to do with shame when it comes to the uh government but also having to do with uh being connected to certain religions as well yeah see my parents they don't know what i do at all um they would flip i just wouldn't be able to deal with that um they, my mom suspected it a while back. I mean, my parents, they hate me anyway. I went to jail and I've never been anything that they could be proud of, but that's their problem. I think I'm a pretty awesome person. It's their loss. But, uh, I went I to think jail. So too. Yeah. I actually am kind of proud of how I turned out considering <laughs> I could be a lot better. Sometimes I have some guilt and some shame. But I deal with it. Um, I know that uh, I wouldn't have ever gotten into sex work by, like, I did choose it. But if I would have had a different life, it wouldn't have been something that I chose. But I I did do a lot to... uh, like, I became a dominatrix because then I didn't have to have sex with anybody. I became a phone operator because I didn't have to have sex with anybody. Um, the live shows, it was, uh, there was a couple girls that I worked with and I did girl on girl shows at bachelor parties and stuff like that. And I didn't have to have sex with a man. So a lot of my sex work I did because I, didn't want to have sex, <laughs> which is funny to say, being as I am a sex worker, I'm like a sex worker that doesn't have sex. <laughs> That's definitely understandable. You, I yeah. know you just want to have some sense of control. Well, that and it, I can't, I can't differentiate between having sex and not feelings. That people say that, uh, Sex workers have an easy job, and it's oh so easy. They don't do nothing, but they couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, those people just really. don't know sex workers. Like, I, the, they're usually the hardest working people that I know, and they usually know yeah. how censorship is going to go in society or legislation before anybody else because they're usually the first ones affected. Well, yeah, and they also have to deal with being stigmatized by the entire community. And that stigma usually lasts for the rest of your life. Even if you stop doing it, what are you going to put on your resume, right? Yeah, and it's very ironic, too, because one of, like, the most popular people within, like, religions is a sex worker who specifically Jesus Christ himself helped. And it's not like she stopped being a sex worker after Jesus helped her. He helped her yeah. and then she continued to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I, and it's just very me. strange how people don't accept sex workers when specifically Jesus stories, Christ himself did. One of my favorite mm-hmm. Bible stories the Pharisees were dragging this woman over and Jesus was teaching somewhere, teaching some men and they drug her over and they were like, Jesus, we found this woman in the committing an act of adultery. And uh, it, law says we have to stone her now to death. 
And all the dudes that were sitting with Jesus, they got right excited, right? They were like, yeah, they love doing that shit. So they were like, let's get some stones. And they're all collecting their rocks, getting ready to stone this woman that the Pharisees drug over. But Jesus was just, he was crouched down writing in the sand with his stick, just drawing, writing, you know, la, 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 la. And as each man came to the front of the line to throw their stones at this woman, um, the Pharisees, the, the Pharisees asked Jesus, why aren't you getting up? to stone her like this is what we do this is our custom and jesus just said well how about the one of you without sin throw the first stone and as each man stepped up to where jesus was crouched they look at the ground and jesus was just writing in the sand or drawing and they'd drop their stones and walk away until it was just Jesus and the woman sitting there. And she asked Jesus, like, man, why didn't you stone me? Like, you dudes live for this shit here. <laughs> and Jesus just said, uh, well, he basically said, I, I don't judge you. Just try to be a better person from this day on. Right. But I always, I always wonder people at, like, I don't know if they wonder this, but I always wondered what was Jesus writing in the sand? with that stick. And I think that he was like writing out each of the men's sins that came to the front of the line to remind them mm. that they were just as sinful as that woman was. So who are they to judge? Right. I don't know. That's exactly. my favorite Bible story. <laughs> yeah. It's also one of my favorites as well. And if you notice the only people who Jesus himself within the text of the Bible ever gets violent with, is bankers and people who like to steal money and yeah. rob others. Like that's the only time he gets violent. Yeah. He, that's when Jesus flips the table yeah. and he gets yeah. crazy. In the, in the temple, right? Because they were mm -hmm. all gambling in the church and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're all mad. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very if ironic. If I could chime in. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was the money, the money changers. The problem was they were desecrating a holy place. They had turned it into, mercantilism basically a shopping center and yeah. that's why why jesus was mad because he says it even in these words you know he had a zeal for the house that consumed him and he was righteously the only one to have that zeal that if he hated him it was a righteous hatred to hate him for the desecration they were doing in the synagogue or a former synagogue that they had flipped around and turned it into a shopping center that would be the equivalent today of like discotheques at the at the uk old old uh uh, denominations in the United United Kingdom that are well known for being either turned into mosques, a form of desecration to the Christian religion, or uh, discotheque. And of course, to anyone that goes in there, they'll see the Bible right at the door, but they'll mock it. Why? Because they sold that building for whatever reason as, as that denomination was dying. So that's a form of desecration. And, and I'm not saying that God will come back and undo that. I mean, there's many other things mm -hmm. that God will come back in the form of Jesus Christ to undo. Uh, like, for example, going back to the story of the woman, he told her, go yeah. and sin no more. Yeah. There, was, the, there was a cutting point that, yes, I forgive you. I will not stone you because these hypocrites want me to stone you. But they're the very, they're your very Johns that slept with you. So they're worthy yeah. themselves of being stoned. 
So God had, Jesus Christ had a lot of compassion in that sense right there on the spot. But he told her too very well, go and sin no more. That was the whole point. Go and sin no more. He's merciful. But at the same time, we cannot abuse his mercy and love. Because eventually, like it says in, I believe it's in Hebrews 9.23, uh, it's appointed mm-hmm. for all to die and, you know, and then what? Judgment. So we want to come clean and, and right with God. In regards to the church being at the forefront of attacking the sex industry, yeah, from the pulpit, but not from the, not from a, we're not a theocracy. It's a democracy we live in both in Canada and the United States, and even more in the United States in a way, with the exception of uh, Fidel Castro Trudeau, if you know what I mean. So well, what does it mean? It, it means that the secular state is the one that is holding back the sex industry. I, I'm not the one to complain and say, you guys shouldn't have a job. I could care less about the, you know that industry. If it exists, great. If it doesn't exist and you do something else, great. It's by your choice. Now that the government gets too involved and wants to do its own thing and wants to play pimp, that's something that should be put on check quickly. And that's something that the sex industry workers, whatever you are, whether your phone call, like what you do, Angie, or where you're actually out there engaging with different jobs and stuff like that, that's something that, that, that sex workers should should work and unionize and, and do all that. You see, that's how liberal and free I am. I, I'm not here to shove down my Christian values. So I hate it when people say, because they say it even in the porn industry, it's a church. No, the church is not the government. Sorry. The church is a moral dictator. You know, in a way, okay, it's, it, it, it does dictate in that sense, the right to use of the word, not like Trudeau, the, the morality. It's always been, you always need that opposite side. Otherwise, the whole society would get screwed up and, and we would end yeah. up like, like Greece. I mean, like the Roman Empire, eventually, not even lasting a thousand years. I mean, we're, we're not that far from our societies, uh, both Canadian and, and American, United States American, be, be, becoming totally dissolved over time because of our immorality. So you always will have and need the church to be right there to set the record straight, but not like, just like the Constitution says, separation of power. We're there to criticize. We're there to speak. Well, and you know what? I'll tell you one thing for sure about the sex industry. I do not know any little girl that says, when I grow up, I want to serve men with my body and be a sex. I've, I don't think I, I don't think that happens, right? So at the same time, yes, they should be allowed to do yes. No. But what is wrong in society? And like, what? I don't know. I just, I, I never wanted to do this. What, what, uh, what happens? Girl, Angie I wanted is, to be a journalist. I wanted to be a journalist. Angie, Angie, let me chime in a little yeah. bit. Our society yeah. has to has to confront those taboos. Are we going to have legal yeah. age of consent? Is it going to be at 16? I'll be honest. That would have worked maybe over 100 years ago when women were more women. Yeah. The the girls now at 16, they're still sucking their thumbs like 10-year-olds. Yeah. Like 7-year-olds. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. to, to sexualize them, what we have now for in America, if it wasn't for great men like, like Governor uh, Florida or, or Ron put the parental rights in education, not the so-called don't say gay. There's no such thing as a don't say gay. It's parental rights in education bill. He put is he put out he put basically parameters and boundaries. You cannot indoctrinate. That's what you're doing to, to the to, to the LGBTQ people. You cannot indoctrinate my child in the first, second, third grade. You have to wait till they're seven years old basically. 
and 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 why is it because the first seven years are the formative years yeah will tell you give me your children for seven years and i will guarantee them they will be christianized the first seven years so it's obviously the lgbtq community has caught on to this stuff so they want to start them young so by the time they're a certain age as confused as they might be because at that age they don't know nothing about yeah. sexuality let's be honest other than if it's an anomaly or aberration so why do you want to confuse children so you could get more people on your side? That's what it's really about. That's what the battle is about. That kind of shit I hate. I will vote against them, the left, in that sense. Now, in regards to legal consent, I think the country should come to terms. If there's girls... Oh, you're, you're breaking up. So, but also make it before the law. A 16, 17-year-old wants to go out with a 50-year-old fashion, okay? I'm not that conservative, but in a liberal fashion, I would say. And give sex workers as yourself uh, to survive. Not everybody is religious, and they want to do that, and they feel comfortable with it, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah, but, uh, maybe you have know, something uh, available for the women that are in it and want to get out of it. Man. Yeah. If the churches really don't want women to do that, maybe they could help women out who didn't want... Well, they do here in Canada, actually. What am I talking about? There's a really amazing program here in Canada called Next Step Ministries, and they rescued me. They'll rescue any woman, no matter if she's being forcefully pimped or anything. They will come. These Christian ladies will come wherever you are, and they will kick down doors guarded by the meanest gangsters in the world to save a girl. They will. And they have houses that we get to live in. Um, and they keep us safe. And then we go to church and we go to Bible classes and uh, self-esteem classes. We learn to love ourselves again. To restore people. And to restore people. You, yeah, have, to have, you yeah. have to have that agency yeah, they're they're an amazing program. Um, I'm, they're I'm not getting government donated. money. They're usually it's usually volunteers, usually oh, donated no. in charity. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's actually a minister. It's a to uh, uh, clean your life up, get your life straight with God, yeah. and and be a good woman in society, productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're amazing. They get yeah, all their money strictly side. from donations. Yeah, if if they Just know donations. Here, here in America, we. But here in America, we we have where they've actually um, interviewed past porn stars, and they've actually asked them. Yeah. One of them had had um, had history of sexual abuse, and and so probably, yeah, you know, I, I have. I was I was molested as a very young girl, and uh, by a family member. And then the first time I ever had sex was late when I was 14. So that's common with a lot of sex workers, actually. They they started very young, either forcefully or usually forcefully. An uncle, a father, a friend of the family, whatever the Mm -hmm. case. Now, there should be laws to protect more women like that. Because women Mm -hmm. should, like anybody at a young age, especially in the care of their parents, should be protected. And also, the schools are responsible not to be promoting or pro- promoting promiscuity, liberalism in that yes. sense. That you could do whatever, my body, my choice, nonsense. I'm not talking about abortion. I'm talking really just choices to have sex. 
again, when, when people are very promiscuous at a very young age, they tend to mm-hmm. have that abortion problem eventually because they, they have a more And I think it's because we teach them my body, my choice, but we don't teach them to love their body. I, well, th- this was an argument I had with someone, uh, abortionist, not long ago. I go, if it was really your body, your choice, you'd be in control and you wouldn't be in this mess to begin with. If it was mm-hmm. truly your body, your choice, you would be sure you, you would be taking the contraceptive. And if something happened, you'd be popping in the morning after pill, which is called Plan B here in America. So I would say and heck, you would be taking you that. You know, at the end of the day, all you got to do is drink a nice, Thick, strong black cohosh tea the morning after, and maybe oh that 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 that'll do it. They'll kill it. Uh, it's a natural. Um, <clears throat> it's a natural abortifacient. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, okay. I know Thank lots of different. Well, kinds but of but when you stuff. say when you say cohosh, is it black or blue cohosh? Because I know there's two variants. A black. It has to be black cohosh. Black cohosh. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, I know they have something. Again, when it's done ahead of time, that week that you slipped up, because I, I know from experience, uh, Angie, I used to work at a pharmacy at, at CBS, the CBS service. I don't know if they mm-hmm. exist in Canada. And, and I was at the pharmacy check and pharmacy clerk, but mostly pharmacy clerk. And I remember all the beautiful young ladies that used to walk up to me on Monday, and not for my number, as much as I wished, not for my number. It was for the morning after pill. Yeah. Because the following week they had a, a week of pleasure with whoever, mostly some male. Uh, obviously, they would they, they would have been lesbian, they wouldn't be there. They were had had, yeah. had had heterosexual sex, and what ended up happening is they probably got impreg- almost impregnated the following night, so they had to kill it. So we have the famous pill from France called the RU486, called the Plan V pill here in America, yeah. and you could take it, but you only have up to 72 hours. There's a limit to everything. I'm pretty sure yeah. it has a lot of that black cohosh too, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I tell people, I tell people, if people were to be more responsible with their bodies and really love themselves, they would be getting into all different types of messes. Yeah. There's See, I, we're, we're really course. not teaching our kids to love themselves. I don't think we're not teaching our young people to have respect for. And, and also, since the, since the since the males are the aggressors, we have to teach also our young men. You don't stick your penis in anything. Oh my God. Okay. That, that's the key too. Because there, there's a lot of, the, the, you know, the men are the ones that pursue women in heterosexual relations. So what I was, I was teaching young ones is you put that shit. You watch that. You control oh, yeah, that. There has to be a control. And that includes not, not, not wasting your time on the, on the web, just looking at porno and shit. That's yeah. what incites, that's what stirs the heat of the moment and opens up the mind to, you know, fantasy. And next thing you know, you're so yeah. stirred up that you just don't want to jack off. Now you want to go out and get any girl and yeah. force yourself on her. Well, you know? that's the truth. So there's got to be a lesson. Because when I asked my daughter, um, she's 20 now, I asked her, okay, what, Let's talk about sex. And she had a group of friends with her, and I asked them, when you were in school, what were you taught about sex? And what do you think you should have been told more about, less about, what could be different in the way that adults approach the sex subject? And what my what they told me, these kids, were, um, I wish that I would have been told more about the negative side effects regarding sexual activity because a lot of it <clears throat> was just about the how-to and that and they weren't taught about the 
the risks involved. And then um, actually they said it would have been nice if all the boys would go to one classroom and all the girls would go to another classroom <laughs> because it would have been easier for them not to be embarrassed and be able to ask the questions they wanted to ask. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And then the other one was um, that adults would just feel more comfortable talking about it, period. Well, yeah, I mean, if you start them young, right now I have uh, right here at the center, which I'm going to go into in a little bit over an hour, this black lady, she's really cool. And she has a book mm -hmm. on, on the, about the birds and the bees. So she's engaging mm -hmm. her, her daughters in, in that topic, but she's going to bring her sons that are a little bit much younger so she could start them. Mm -hmm. and she, either, she told me like this, it's either I do it or some somebody unauthorized will do it. Yeah. They'll learn the, right. they'll learn, they'll learn the hard way and get into trouble. And I go, that's, yes. that's, very, that's very smart that you're starting out, you're starting them at the right time to tell them, hey. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Like if a child is old you know, enough to ask a question, and tell him about their... Yeah. My son asked me at a very young age where my penis went because I was in college. I had three young boys less than a year apart. And I went to college and I was a single mom. So they in the morning, it was everybody getting the shower, showering. Mommy has school calls for her. Hurry, I'll go, go daycare. Let's go, 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 go. And one day he looks at me and goes, Mommy, did your penis... Did, well, you didn't say penis. Did your pee pee fall down the drain? I don't know why I thought. That. And I was like, oh, No, I'm a mummy. I don't have a pee pee. And he said, You don't have a pee pee? Where'd it go? He was just distraught. He could not believe this. He thought some horrible thing happened and I lost my penis. But I had sit him down and he was like, three years old and I said okay I am a mommy that means I am a girl you are a boy one day you will be a daddy you have a penis and he goes oh he's just so thrilled about it all and then he goes oh and what do you have mommy so I said mommy has a vagina and so he learned this he was so excited to go to daycare tell all his friends and wouldn't you know it some mother trucker complained and thought it was indecent that I taught my child the real words for genitals. I didn't say wee and foo-foo or anything stupid like that. I said penis and vagina. And that was the problem. Somebody actually, another, another mom complained that my son said penis and vagina. Well, he said the Vagina or something, but whatever, close enough, right? But, but believe it, I thought believe that it was or not, so Angie, ridiculous. Here, here in America, but believe it or not, Angie, here in America, it's, 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 if you tell, if you tell your boy that he has a penis and he's a man, you did something wrong. You should have told him that he's really a girl and he, he could dress up with, but yeah, believe it or not, there's places where they want to indoctrinate our children like that. I have a niece, a grand niece, she's about a year. Uh, and maybe four months old. She was born February 2021. She's a COVID baby. And that was the last child of one of my, my oldest nieces. Yeah. That was a surprise baby. You, you, you know the joy that that child brought to the family, especially to my sister, who's the grandmother? My yeah. oldest sister, who's uh, retired now. 
and and I was like, I I just I just cringe at the moment to know that she's gonna go to school and the shit that she's gonna be confronted with confronted with at a young age here, liberal California, left wing progressive liberal California, where they so like allow it's wrong to tell a kid that that's just crazy. To, to basically, they're trying to shame you. For saying the truth that your boy is a boy, a real boy, not a trans boy, which is a girl wanting to be a man. No, a real boy. God made in God's what? image. So they they want to penalize you. So, so they want to give them all these options in their LGBTQ training, indoctrination, and brainwashing. That no, a boy has options. He could choose whatever he wants to be. That is the thing. That is the confusion. Bringing in a form of fake but, options, the fake choices. Of you could be whatever you feel yeah, you that's are. Taking it a little to extremes. Yep. I mean, it's. I. I just think you should tell them that they're a boy or a girl, and then if things change as they're grown up and old enough to understand. I. I know. Uh, I know a friend, a past educator, a past educator, an office manager at a particular school, which I'm not going to know you. Uh, here in the Los Angeles area, and she and, and with other Catholic, Hispanics, and Christian agreed not to indoctrinate the children at a, mm-hmm. at a particular school that had a, a 4-H program for mm-hmm. for pre-kinder, you know, and and then kindergarten all the way to the sixth grade. They agreed that they are not a teacher. Uh, Catholics and Christians united, uh, evangelicals, they said, we are not going to indoctrinate our children. They saw the pornography cartoon version of what, what the children were going to be exposed. Oh, wow. And they said, no. Until people oh. start taking matters into their own hand, moral, righteous people, to fight this evil. We could we could prevent include the United States and Canadians because I see you guys no different than us. Then we could fight. Well, it, it doesn't have to be there. It doesn't have to be one sided agenda. Yeah. No, it shouldn't. Like I just that what you what you just told me kind of is like it floored me there. How could that? Wow. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I. Wow. Yeah, the world is really changing a lot. (laughs) I always tell my children the truth about everything. I believe that if a child is old enough to ask the question, they're old enough for the honest answer. And I don't lie to my kids. I don't, I don't, I'll just tell them how it is in a way that they can understand for their age. Um, and when they are little boys, they are little boys. Why would you try to explain to a young child that doesn't know what in God's name you're talking about? Non-binary and like you could be a little girl if you wanted or, oh my God, why would you do that? That would be so confusing. I just think that's a good way to mess a kid up. Wow. That's that's my state of uh, California. I'm unfortunately they're going down that road, and, and uh, a lot of parents are going to fight this, and they should be continue to fight it because yeah. before there used to be no saying here in the 50 states. As California goes, mm-hmm. goes the nation, and that actually meant a good thing. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean a good thing. That's actually an evil thing. So when I see go- yeah. governors like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis standing up against this evil, I'm for him. 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm for parents, even though I'm not a parent. I have nephews that have parents, and I talk to them constantly about these issues so they can fight the evil. Well, and it takes a Because village. it's not right, it's evil. It takes a village to raise the next generation. Everybody, even if you don't have children, should care about these issues. This is the next generation. So, they are so going in to a way, you, you might, in a way, in a way, you might see why did that the church is so needed. So anybody that creeps up over the church, you know what? They got to get their their priorities straight. If it wasn't for the church, you wouldn't have the United States of America. It's not a Christian nation, like many assume, but it's Christian values, and that's what matters. That's what makes the Western civilization. It well, has a some Christian people framework, really need, and we have to honor that. Some people need the church to teach them morals and values. They literally need that. They wouldn't know what was moral if it wasn't for the church. Because everybody doesn't think the same way, right? I raised myself. I learned what I learned because I had a lot of hurt. A lot of people did some pretty shitty things to me. And I decided that why would I ever want to inflict the pain that I have had inflicted on me upon somebody else. So that's kind of how I, and well, honestly, I was put in Catholic school. So that probably had a lot of it to do, a lot to do with it too, right? Before I ended up on the streets, I was in a Catholic school from grade one all the way to grade eight. So, I mean, I did learn morals from that, right? And and believe it and believe it or not, uh, believe it or not, Angie, you're gonna have those detractors that want to shoot down the Catholic faith. You know what? Go screw yourself. That's what I tell these. But you had these abuses. Okay, we had evil people. I have Catholic friends. I have a Catholic background to a certain uh, generation in my family. You know, mm-hmm. they gotta stop this onslaught on Christianity. Why do you think they attack the whole? Yeah, and and one thing has to be understood. Those people didn't like it would happen to them. And of course, there was a time even when the Catholic Church hired a lot of people from Ireland and other parts of Europe because they needed priests. So what did they do? They just got any men. And unfortunately, they got a bunch of men that, that, that came in with depraved ideas and desires. There's even still homosexual men in the Catholic Church. And, and they've gone underground and they said they want to turn it around. So you have the enemy yeah. within the very institution. So the problem is sinful men. So to come around and just try to blame an institution that this happened, no, it's not that easy. There's been abuses in just about any religious uh, denomination of any faith, and mm-hmm. it's not right. The other ones make it a law, like Sharia law with a Muslim. You could marry nine-year-old Alicia like what, uh, like what Mohammed did, which is quite yeah. disgusting. You know, mm-hmm. girl, nine years of age, she's not even ready. She's, she's prepubescent. You have to wait a couple of years. I'm saying, if you're going to get the apple from the tree, don't get it when it's still green. Get it when it's fresh. Yeah. Using a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get it at nine years old. 16 or 17. I can understand at that time. You know, women are women. They, they grew up. Yeah. In time for, they grew up at 12 years old. Men and women were getting married because they were already in fashion for life. Coming from yeah. agrarian societies, you know? Yeah. You look at our 12-year-olds here and you try to do that. Oh the little God. kids at 12 years old, they're still sticking their their their, their thumb up their, their mouth, you know? Looking around, yeah. they don't know what to do. They're, they're just worried about the next video game or the next pair mm-hmm. of shoes, expensive shoes that yeah. mommy and daddy are going to buy them. 
Go ahead. Yeah. What the next fashion trend is or that cute boy they sit next to in class. Yeah, and, and, no. it's, and it's unfortunate. Our our society, which the world looks at as Western civilized first world countries, instead of looking at up, they're looking down. They're disgusting. Mm-hmm. You think the third world wants to become first world? No. No, no they, they probably they're like, what is the matter with they, those people? Of course, they want to reap the economic benefit from all their natural resources that they sell, but yeah. they don't want the the problems that we have, and they shouldn't have them. We shouldn't be leading that way. The only reason why the rest of the world is, is extremely um, for abortion is because of the United States being very extremist about it. Now that that yeah. law is going to be overturned this month, sometime this month, they're hating on it. So they had it good for almost 50 years to kill children that they can't accept. Was that it really 50 years? Almost 50, 50 years. 50 years, eh? Oh, wow. I had no idea. Look, look, look Angie, I'm 49. And this thing came about in the year of my birth, in 1973. I'm 49, so I'm just rounding up the numbers and saying 50. It's been around here 50 years. And all these abortionists that live on that, they use it as late-term abortion, they know very very well. Oh, my God, yeah. Their days are, it's over. Game over, that's what I tell people. That's what I tell liberal America. I don't don't know where I stand on abortion. I don't exactly. But late-term abortion, that's just, that's too much. That's too much for me to stomach. Um, and I'll tell you, California version <laughs> of progressive leftism is the worst. They believe that you could even kill them. There's a bill. There was a bill. I don't know if it's still around. That this uh, G- 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 Governor Gavin Newsom, commissar. We have a commissar here in California, in the, in the state of uh, mm-hmm. Calizuela. It's no longer California. It's Calizuela, like Venezuela. And, and our yeah. commissar... Gavin Newsom was willing to, I don't, I don't know if he signed it yet, willing to sign in case when they overturn Roe v. Wade, which is this month for sure. Um, but what is he going to do? He wants to allow abortionists to be able to abort out of the womb. That is disgusting right there. Out of the womb. Up oh to 28 days. That is straight out murder. So when the baby's already born. Exactly. Exactly. That is disgusting. So- yeah, that is, that is murder. We have to stop that bullshit. That's why the, the the Western civilization, first world nations like the United States and Canada are so wrong with God. We, if, if God's wrath comes on, uh, over us, we more than deserve getting getting hit by by meteorites or showers or anything yeah. like Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm telling you, know you what? we more than if, deserve if it. You read we, we that, uh, what is that? But the last part of the Bible, Revelations, says yeah. something about you'll start eating your children or. Exactly. Right, right here. Uh, I mean, Time that saying in the context like very similar to Jeremiah when they were suffering a, a horrible famine. They started even eating their own children. They're going to go through uh-huh. all that. People will be selling their $1 million homes for a bowl of soup, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, things are going to get worse. And first world countries are more than uh, rightly deserving of God's wrath if it, if it comes. And, and the Bible being more prophetically fulfilled every day as we see these things, pandemic and everything. God allows all these things because that's what man-made was. That's what happens when people get away, walk away from the things of God. These things yeah. happen, most unfortunately. But that's, we haven't learned the error of our ways. The progressive leftists will tell you, intellectuals will tell you, that atheists will tell you, we've advanced. Yeah, we've advanced, but we've gone more down the toilet bowls of hell. You know, we, we yeah. haven't advanced. If we would have advanced, we would have got well, our we, act we, together. We, we would have advanced 
technolo- technologically, but have we really advanced in other ways, like spiritually? Is there such thing as spiritual advancement? Yeah, well, to those people, it's all intellectual. They, 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 which is a false pseudo intellectual, yeah. because we have in the Christian faith, we have great scholars that have been able to debunk many uh, of the claims, like the Richard Dawkins, you know, the God delusion, yeah. and all that. We have great debaters of the like Jordan Peterson type. He's Catholic, mm-hmm. and he just had his. Um, he just had his uh, experience with the Lord uh, not so long ago, and he talked about it. So for the first time in his whole life, he's actually probably either going into Roman Catholicism again, or he's going to become evangelical, the doors open. But he's recognized as a great intellectual. God has come over him, not because he was a great intellectual, but because God loves him. Like he opens the doors to anybody that's willing to believe. You don't have to be intellectual. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible is, a, you could read it at the seventh grade level and understand it fully. You don't need rocket science, okay? God didn't make it that difficult. It's not just for theologians. It's for anybody that wants to believe and receive. The problem is people are so filled in their sinful desires and lifestyles that they don't want to give up the, the sin that they live in, what they worship. With. And usually whether it's women, lust, uh, money, whatever, power, they do not want to dethrone the sinful man out of their heart and give it rightfully to God because that void was made for God. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to have people attacking. The church is, they got to get their head out of their ass. The church is not attacking you. The, t- the church is there to bring morality into a society that's becoming immoral, period. It's not to be a the- theocracy. That's not the, the thing of the GOP. But we are going to re-Christianize the United States because otherwise we will not survive the next 250 years. I guarantee you, Angie, there will not be a United States or Canada if we go continue mm-hmm. going down the same road of immorality. You know? And if yeah. people do not learn to respect that there has to be boundaries, there is a thing called evil. It exists. It's sin. It's there whether you like to accept it or not. You know, and it affects the whole world. And that's why there's so much evil. You cannot just play the Richard Dawkins game like, oh, there's good people and there's bad people. Shut up, idiot. There's good people and there's evil people. That there's well, good and bad. Um, there's this story. I can't remember exactly, but it's a... Uh... It's a weird, I think it's an Asian story, but somebody has two dogs in them. And one represents good, one represents evil. And these dogs are always, always fighting each other. Now, which dog is going to win? The dog that you feed. The dog that you feed is going to win. So as human beings... Each have the capacity to be good or to be evil. It just depends which side we're going to feed. If you're constantly feeding yourself with evil stuff like drugs or hurting people or whatever, the bad, then that dog is going to get bigger and it is going to devour you. (laughs) I I kind of want to end it in this note. Regarding evil, for the atheists, because they represent the evil, that constantly thrive in post-Christian countries, they never recognize the foundations of the Christian faith that gave them the country that they so-called cherish and take for granted, right? Mm-hmm. They don't. They, they they don't recognize that they're they're evil people. So they they consider us religious people still shoving Christianity down their throat to be the evil one. But they don't remember that our founding fathers here in America, like in Canada, many of them were great believers of the Christian faith. Different denomination, mm-hmm. including Roman Catholicism, because they, that is part of Christendom and, mm-hmm. uh, and other evangelical groups, right? And orthodoxy. But they don't look yeah. at that. 
but they benefit from 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 what they're reaping from what Christians left. But we're the evil people because we're shoving Christianity. We're trying to keep it moral. So so mm-hmm. so to them, we're evil because we're that evil dog that you're feeding evil because we're going <laughs> against their their system, their system of evil of by lying to people that there is no God. Of course, the debate on does God exist, does God not exist is a it's a it's a question of faith. You cannot prove it like you. You cannot unprove it. You can prove it more in regards to intelligent design, but you cannot unprove God. So the the burden of proof for the Christian to prove there is a God is there is also a burden of proof for the atheist to prove there is no God. So it's a matter of faith. Yeah. And this is where where we challenge as Christians we challenge atheism. So yes, atheism is 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 twirling around, swimming in the pool that Christianity left after it it it, uh, it made the infrastructure to get that pool, that house you live in. This is yeah. the foundation we live for you. I wonder what you're going to do, I tell the fellow a- evil atheists, when the Muslim takes over, because their numbers will grow, and they will eventually take over sooner than Actually, later. Actually, it's and the number one growing religion I read recently is the Muslim religion. It is the number one fastest growing religion in the West right now. And, and, and again, thank you for clarifying that. That will be eventually the, the predominant religion. What is the atheist going to go there? Because I'll tell you something. The Muslims are not as nice as the, as the Christian or the Catholic. They're not nice. They don't play nice. They're playing hypocrite with the liberal I don't, atheism. Don't play. I, don't, I don't look forward to that at all. Okay, a woman. No, thank you. <laughs> It's either, it's either you're going to wish Christian was still around to equal the balance field. I think that might be bad for me. <laughs> I think, you see, the, the thing with the Muslims, believe it or not, Angie, is that yeah. they're the ultimate hypocrite. They're, uh, like any other religious uh, organization and secularist organization, they claim to hate sex workers, but they they, they have a great library of pornography and, and they visit the brothels and all that. <laughs> They will pay for yeah. they'll pay for the services in secret and look down their noses at the same time. Exactly. So it's kind of like that. A long time that student from uh, I think uh, Duke University. She was very controversial in the early two thousands. Uh, you probably remember the article, Val Knox, and she was a young student to trying to become paying her way through nursing school. At fifty thousand dollars a year, then at Duke University, what, what did she say? She made this comment because it was in uh, not that I was looking at her videos or anything, but I saw her and it was kind of disgusting what she said. She goes, "The very people that criticize me just jacked off to me." But it is true to a certain extent. Not that I qualified. I qualified for that, but it is true. She was basically fighting the system. Why? Why was she that 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 uh, vehement, belligerent, and and vulgar? Well. Because, yeah, it is true, there is a hypocrisy in America. And people have been caught with their hands in the area they shouldn't be in public. Yeah. When they call out these evil, only to themselves be involved in all this lechery and debauchery. You know? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Is, it is a problem. It is a problem because men are addicted like women. But mostly men, there's a men problem, not a woman problem. To be porn addicted, to be sex addicted. Yeah. You know, men are the job, not women. No offense to you, but it is kind of like a big problem. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome getting to know you, Angie, and I hope to talk to you in the future, but I'm going to do some things that i got to get to work. And yeah. I love talking to you. You're a wonderful, beautiful person, and hopefully in the future we'll talk some more, okay? Definitely. And the feeling is mutual. God bless. Bye-bye.
Okay. Well, I still have people here, and I'm going to read the comments. Get to know Muslim or Sikh people. Oh, Sikh people, yes. Okay, there was this Sikh temple, actually. Um, there was this Sikh temple, because uh, I've hitchhiked all across Canada, right? Um, I have had quite the full and expansive life. I have so many stories to tell. It's amazing. I'd never change a thing, even though some of it was pretty sad, but... Um, uh, the Sikh temple in Victoria, BC would allow me and never ever kick me out. And they had beautiful grounds, like the, the Sikh temple had beautiful grounds and all sorts of beautiful trees and foliage. It doesn't snow in Victoria, so everything's green all the time and beautiful. But they were, they never really spoke much. I remember that. And the, the men that were there, they would come out and they would sit in nature or whatever, but they'd leave me alone. They'd let me sleep there. They wouldn't bother me. They'd always feed me. They weren't really big on the conversationalism or talking to me much, but they were, they'd never kick me out. And I it was actually one of the most safe places I could go sleep was the Sikh temple. And I thought that was pretty cool. I also, I think it was a Muslim man when I was hitchhiking. I think, I'm not sure um, if anybody knows a lot about this uh, religion, but he picked me up hitchhiking and he had this big, huge, long, like, sword that curved on the edge that he had with him, like, on him, and he was dressed kind of, kind of fancy, you know, but in his own, um, culture's way, and <clears throat> he picked me up, oh, he said he didn't eat, I don't think he ate red meat, he didn't eat pig maybe, I can't remember, but he picked me up, and he was very excited, and he was going to meet his wife, he was actually wearing his wedding attire, and he, I, at first when I saw him, I went, you're not going to kill me with that giant too and he laughed and laughed and then he told me that it's something he just wore um symbolic and he he was getting married and that's why he was wearing this item so he was definitely not going to kill me with it and he actually took me out to eat some burgers but he didn't eat meat either he's a really nice man though there are actually quite a few moments in my life where I have been just awestruck by my own judgments on people. And I've definitely learned that it's not cool to judge book by their cover, dude. I don't want to sound like a hippie, but it's really not. Um, I was in Victoria, BC. It was pouring rain. I had nothing. Um, I had slept in a parkade, took off my shoes. I was new to the streets, so little did I know. Never, ever leave your shoes out. You know, put them in the bottom of your bag or in your sleeping bag, whatever. But don't just leave them out because someone's going to steal your shoes. Well, they stole my shoes. And in Victoria, BC, it rains. It doesn't snow. It constantly, constantly rains. So it's pouring cats and dogs out I'm freezing I have no shoes no jacket no umbrella just miserable sitting on the side of the street and first up 
a guy, some business dude, and I hate rich. I hated. I used to hate rich people. I used to hate rich people like cats hate mice. But uh, so I was like, oh, rich people, they're all assholes. But this guy stops and is like, I don't know much about cars, but let's say BMW because I think people say those are fancy. So he pulls up real fast in his BMW or whatever it was. And he runs out and he gives me an umbrella and he says, man, this is all I can do. But you look like you could use this more than I do. I could use it. And then he drives off. And then a about a half an hour later, a woman pulls over in a nice fancy schmancy car and she gets out and she takes the shoes off her own feet. And they looked brand new. And she told me, like, I was just at the gym. I've only worn these shoes, like, twice. Please take them. And she gave me the shoes off her own fucking feet, man. Now, I don't know. That means a lot to me. That is, like, a big thing. So I learned that it's not cool to just hate people in general. Like, I hate all rich people. All rich people are horrible. Or I hate all this type of person because all these type of people are horrible. It's just not right. You know, we have to at least, well, now I like to think that every human being, every creature that I come across in life has a piece of this puzzle, a beautiful puzzle. I don't know. What is it? The world questions, why are we alive? Why are we here? You know, questions like that. Everybody has a piece of this answer that is life inside of them. And it's up to each of us as individuals to open ourselves enough to find out what that piece is. And I have to give whatever wisdom I have. God forbid what that could even be. But it's up to us to share with each other, no matter race, color, sex worker, lawyer, doctor, you know, don't, don't ever put your nose down at people and think you're better. Because I tell you, I have met some of the most beautiful, amazing human beings in the world that have nothing at all but themselves. So, and I met some pretty cool rich folks too, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I used to have this, we were all sleeping at a homeless encampment and there was this guy kind of lurking in the darkness of the early morning hours by the camp. And me, being the hardcore person I am, rar, went up and I was like, what are you doing milling around our camp? And he was like, kind of he was scared of me which I think is just hilarious he was a little he's like oh well you know I'm just I'm just lonely and I got off work and I just I didn't want to go home quite yet and I said look I'm not a hooker and he said oh my god no I don't want that I just I was gonna go sit over there on that bench and I thought you know I'm maybe you'd like to come sit and talk with me so I was the only one up, so I went over and I entertained the thought, like, what's this guy want? I was kind of cautious, and he literally, he sat down beside me, and he said, 
I know this is probably weird, but I just wanted to know, like, what brought you here to the streets? And I told him my story. And uh, then he he told me he was lonely. And I asked him why. And he said he used to have a beautiful woman that lived with him. He loved her more than anything in the world. And he pointed to the tallest building in Calgary at the very top. And he said, see up there, that's my office up there. I make a lot of money. I'm, I have an important job. And this woman I was with, she wanted the best of everything. She wanted the best car, the best condo, the best everything. And she had all her socio-like friends and she just wanted it all. So he worked extra hard so he could give her everything. Give, 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 give. And then all of a sudden she was upset because he didn't spend enough time with her. And then she got upset. So he took time off. He didn't work as much. He slowed down. He spent more time with her. But then she couldn't have all the expensive things she wanted like she had access to before because he wasn't making the money he was making. So she became unhappy. And so he decided, okay, I'll go back and work more. And one day when he came home, she was gone. And so was a lot of everything else in the place, just gone. And he never saw her again. And he was like, I just don't understand what's the matter with these women today. And I looked at him and said, maybe you're just not going after the right women. Because there are a lot of women who would more than appreciate those things. Maybe you're just, you're just focusing on the, maybe you should go for a different kind of woman. Maybe somebody out of your class or something. Maybe that's the problem. And then he uh, asked me how I made money and I told him how I sold. And I don't do this anymore. I'm an addictions counselor going to be, but I sold drugs and, um, he asked me, Oh, really? Like he was very interested in this. And I was like, you're not a cop, are you? And he was like, no way. I'm not. But I told him how I did things. I told him, you know, everybody got to go wherever they wanted. They got a certain amount of berry in the street, and that was their area where they could sell. But the druggies could go anywhere they wanted. So I would offer them $5 for every customer they brought me. And everybody was mad at me for doing this. And I was like, damn, then why don't you pay them 7 bucks?" But that I had to do certain things because I was not a big, tough, intimidating man to make that money and hustle it up. And he said, wow, you know what? You're a pretty smart. You're a pretty smart business person. If it was up to me in my big office up there, I would hire more people like you because I was telling him how I didn't have a chance. Like, I'd love to go legit. I'd love to be good. But I have no family. And. You know, him and I, we ended up sitting on that bench at least twice a week and just talking and learning from each other. And I felt really good, you know, because before there's kind of this gap between the homeless or people that were in my position and people in his position way up in the highest office building. There's like an us and them mentality. If we only broke that down, Instead of us and them, just, you know, we all, like, try to remember no matter what. We're all human beings. And we we just really need to mix and mingle in love. Oh, my God, I'm going to start Woodstock here or something. But <laughs> i got to let you guys go.
I've been doing this for three hours, but I just wanted to say thank you all so very much for chilling with me this morning. I came into this kind of a little bit depressed, and I'm coming out of this feeling refreshed and happy. So I've got to go to work, saving the world, one dirty phone call at a time. <laughs> so much love guys and thank you and I hope y'all stop by and chill with me another time love love Mwah.